Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, gentlemen. On this piece of paper right here in studio, on my side of the paper, I have one of four symbols. Either a star, a square, a circle, or some wavy lines. I want you to look at this paper, focus on it, and tell me what you think that symbol is. Josh, let's go with you first. Wavy lines. I'm sorry, that's that's not right. Ron, what do you think it is? Is it a square? That's spot on! That's awesome! That and other fringe sciences... On tonight's episode of The Twisted Ten. Go down, Joe. Oh, welcome to another episode of The Twisted Ten. What's going on, gentlemen? How are things? Doing good, doing good. Ron? Good, awesome, great, wonderful. All three of us in studio tonight. I'm Adam. I spoiled it in Discord earlier, and I think Josh got upset. I am your host tonight. You put a gif of no spoilers, because I spoiled it. That's because you spoke. I had to sass you. Oh, well. That's it. That's how it works. Wait a minute. That's my (laughs) wife's strategy. (laughs) So I am Adam. I am your host tonight. Sitting across from me on the man pond. That's me. That's Josh. And over in the dad chair. Ron. I guess if anybody in here has a dad chair, it'd be me in this fucking dad chair, dad joke. Lift me up recliner. I got everything but the dad eyes. That's that's Josh's game. (laughs) For sure. For sure. I've been practicing for too long. Um, so we are getting, we're very happy. We're getting a lot of uh, new Discord members. So new joined, Discord members? Yes! Hell yes! <laughs> well, there's an after show topic tonight that we're going uh, to barely touch on here a little bit that you're going to tell us about. Speaking of nude, we're barely going to touch on it. <laughs> That's, again, my wife's strategy. I don't, what, what are you, are you guys talking to her before coming down here to yes. podcast? Um, anyway, we want to say welcome to all of the new folks that have joined us in Discord, as well as who have joined us in the council yeah, as Twisted some, Council members. Some council members. Yeah, oh, thanks. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Thank you for joining. I guess, uh, I guess uh, you know, see you in the after show. Yeah, that'll be tonight's going to be fun. We've got some pretty good topics to cover, one of which a listener finally sent Ron something that we're going to discuss. In the, hey, ask, ask, and you shall receive in the right? after show. <laughs> if, is this going to be show and tell? No. Why yeah. not? Now, you'll understand why when I say it. Well, I want to see. I mean, <laughs> all right, anyway. Um, yeah, there's... <laughs> Are you switching to dudes? That's what's happening now? <laughs> would I Would I get laid more? <laughs> I don't know. Like, I'd always be scared that if I... Like, I'd always expect that 
you know, if I went into a gay bar, like the action would be plentiful. Imagine I go into a gay bar and it's just as bad as going into a regular bar. Like nothing. <laughs> Talk about mortified. <laughs> you need to go into a blind bar, Ron. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. The one man, the one-eyed man. Wait, what is the saying? In a world of blind people, the one-eyed man is king. There you go. Oh, something like that, that was difficult to get through. <laughs> In the world of of the world of blind people, one eyed Willie is king. One eyed Willie, yeah. yeah. Um, Ron, I did a couple of things for you. One of which I added a very important Ron plug button to the show, and I even printed out a nice little label for our board op over yeah, here, so, see ah, yeah. so we can see that. But Ron, this one's just for you. Do it live. Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's I kept the fuck it in there. Nice. Oh the yeah, that's the best part. <laughs> you gotta so keep the fuck it. Do it live. <laughs> fuck it. And again, Ron, this is also you. I put a picture of an alpaca. <laughs> <laughs> you ready for it? You ready? Yes. You ready? This is a clip from yes. our last show or two shows ago. I don't know. Here you go. Post apocalypse. <laughs> Jesus. That's it. God, I fucked that up. When I, I was actually doing one of my walks a couple days ago, I was listening to that show. And, uh, and, and like while I'm walking, and I'm just sitting there walking, doing my power walk. You know, I'm old now. And in the morning, it's like 630 in the morning, like bust out laughing out loud, like in, in the neighborhood. When I heard that, when I heard myself say, a because I completely forgot it was coming. <laughs> I was like, Jesus, what the hell happened there? So <laughs> sitting in, uh, you're doing your 6 a.m. brisk was, ma- old man walk. Oh, yeah. a really quiet neighborhood. Super quiet. I Other mean, people are just sipping quiet. their coffees, getting their paper, and here comes Ron busting out laughing down it, the road. Exactly so. what happened. Yeah, just actually, like two days ago. What? Do people actually get their paper in the driveway in your neighborhood? You know, I'm going to be honest with you. I, as one who used to be a paper delivery man uh, for many years... I have not seen a newspaper on a driveway in my entire neighborhood. I see, like you anywhere. That, now I haven't been looking for it, so it's now a tomorrow dying industry. Tomorrow morning, oh for sure. Tomorrow morning, I'm absolutely gonna actually try and see if I can notice and see any newspapers sitting in the driveways. Our local, uh, our, so our local newspaper here in Brevard County, Florida, is called Florida Today. Mm-hmm. That is, you know, for what hundred years or however long they've been in production. That that's been our paper, our local paper. Now there's some other ones like Hometown News and Space Coast Daily and a couple of others, but Florida Today has been the most prominent newspaper in our area. I will say I am extremely frustrated with them because of a topic we touched base on a few weeks ago. Whenever I hit a website that is dedicated to news and I get blocked from reading articles because of a paywall, then it's a giant F you. I'll never visit your site again. I'll actually block you in my Google searches. Florida Today has become that. Oh, There's isn't a paywall. Of them are, like, They're not paywall. They're account wall. Washington, where you need to sign up for an account to actually view their news. Oh, but oh, you don't have to pay. You don't, Well, so I didn't get that far. I didn't even. It did say you, you know, view the articles for free with an account. No, nope, not interested. Now, I'm the guy that will also go create an account on some silly make me a banner page and not even think twice about it. But when it comes to news, I don't know. It's something that just gets under my skin when I have to go through a check and balance to get news, actual news. Yeah. I see. I'm a, I'm a mixed bag on that. Um, I, I think journalistic integrity is a problem right now. <laughs> yeah. And it's not that there are bad, not that there aren't great journalists out there. It's just that finding some news rag of any sort that is objective is very, very difficult. 
So yeah, I don't know if it exists anymore. It's, it's <laughs> not in the U.S. Um, yeah, it's too bad. When you've commercialized media, well, yeah. media is a bad example, but when you've commercialized news delivery services, be it on the internet, yes. be it through your phone, through physical paper, the only thing that influences their articles at that point becomes money and their sponsorships yeah. and where they receive their funding. So the drive to get people to click or to get people to read is always number one. So as much as I want to read about... You know, Aunt Flo's potato farm down the road from here, which is would make news theoretically. It's not as interesting as this guy who got shot over in Cocoa Beach, two county or two cities away. You know what I mean? That that news article will get the headlines way before anything local will because it's a popularity contest in news. It's what people want to see. I get that debate. I understand it. I don't. I just don't like it. Right. Um. So all I was gonna end that with is oh, sorry by <laughs> by getting an account set up. It gives them something to work with to somehow make money other than clickbaity titles. This is the trade off, is Ooh, all. You're throwing a counter to my my old man. No, Get I off see, my no, I hand. see your stance hmm. too, though. Like, but the uh, idea of just having free, open, objective news is just not, it's not how the internet works anymore. It's not how cable news works anymore. It's just not the case. I don't know if that's not the case because there's lots of news articles that I do read mm. that don't have that blocked wall. They either paywall or... Do you or, still read news articles? Uh, like, what do you... Since, you know, like, not non-political... the question. Like, non-political... <laughs> On my computer screen, yes. Yeah, no, I meant, like, non-political... Oh, yeah, most of the news I read oh, now okay. is not political. Right. In like fact, the politics stuff. section of my Google News Feed, and that's, that's mostly where I get all my news from is through the Google News Feed. Yeah. My political section, scroll right past it every time. Don't give a shit. In fact, I've been doing that with sports hopefully a lot eventually. Hopefully, eventually, Google will learn that and put give you less and less of that, more and more of what you want. You're returning into old men, aren't we? This is you are. Yeah. I have a button for you. Actually, you don't. I took that button out. What? Place. Oh, Josh, we got Josh. He can be the button. <sighs> there we go. It, perfect. I kept in, and I actually used I used the logo from the company for. Would you like a black and mild? I oh. put the black and mild logo on our board, <laughs> so there's black and mild nice. there. All right. Anyway. Um, feeling like this board is just becoming the fucking Ron board. Like, what's going, what's going on good, there? <laughs> you fill us full of content, Ron. Yeah, I do, I do. Content. Right. <laughs> well, before we break away to end of the show, we did give a little love to a couple of our new council members to our Discord, but just touch on that. Um, again, thank you, of course. Our council members, they support the show uh, financially, which is super cool. You guys rock for that. Um, but in exchange for that, they do get our separately produced Twisted Ten after show, which is far less structured than this show. It is, uh, I mean, like we take topics, we tell stories. It's less about like a topic and just kind of we bounce around, have, have a good time, tell I, some fun. I We're hanging a, out. It's like hanging out with us. I yeah. put a caption, not just a caption, but I put a, a post in our Discord in the lobby or in the announcement section that kind of captured it well. We, any listener who's been familiar with the Twisted 10 knows that we go off on tangents hardcore here. The Twisted 10 after show is a home for those tangents to live. Absolutely. So that is where we yeah. get deep into some of those tangents and then also some other fun topics. It, so It allows a, a what would have been a three and a half hour show <laughs> to be maybe a two hour show. A, a relatively focused two hours. Yeah, there you go. Um, so yeah, so thanks for that. I hope you guys are enjoying the after show and uh, you know, we'll see you guys there in a little bit. And to uh, our Discord, our Discord members hanging out for the live stream. Um, you know, thanks for hanging out with us real time. We'll talk to you guys during the break a little bit. But if you're curious on how to join the council, how to get to the after show, how to join our Discord and come say hey, it's like a chat 
service. Um, it's all free. Discord is free. Um, go to twist10.com. There's links for that. And of course, shout out to Manscaped, show sponsor. I couldn't find the button. <laughs> That's I right. Mean, we couldn't moved find it. The bell. We moved it. Um, so, of course, Manscaped, uh, men's grooming stuff. But manscaped.com, use our code TWIST10 for 20% off and free worldwide shipping. Hell yeah. Are you guys ready to get into this list? I am. All right. So tonight's not a a list that has a competition. Tonight's not a list that has... Um, Does it have a twist? Kind of. Not really. The whole list is kind of a twist. So you know that my hobbies include... Uh, physics, science, astrophysics, uh, astroscience, is that even a thing? Um, <laughs> neurology, brain, kind of the study of the brain and how the yes. brain operates the whole nine yards. That's kind of the hobby of like I've purchased books to read on my own time. That stuff fascinates me. Well, I I also love sci-fi. I love everything that's sci-fi that's decent at least to watch. I'm going to watch it. Also fantasy, like Lord of the Rings, the whole nine yards. Super excited for Lord of the Rings coming out to Amazon. By the way, did you hear about this? Yeah, it's the second age. That's when Lord of the Rings was cool. This is, Ron might not, he's given a weird look. This the is second age, I don't know what that means. This has nothing to do with the list, but it's yeah. it has now already broken the most expensive TV show ever produced in the this world. This sounds like our first tangent of the show. It we is our first tangent. Number 10. <laughs> <laughs> we need a tangent button. Um, no, it's, it's already, for the first season, for season one, um, Amazon has spent $450 million on a Lord of the Rings show on a Lord of the Rings show for season one. They're already Be- talking for season two and three. <laughs> so for all three seasons so far, 11 over hours of movies and then another nine hours of a 20 page book wasn't a fucking enough Lord of the Rings. So, so Marvel <laughs> having 27 movies but isn't all, enough. I don't know. It's like different stories, different characters. It all came together from beginning to end. This is just more shit. I don't know. I don't like Lord of the so Rings. You mean like Lord uh, of the Rings? It's boring to me. Where they had like the first <laughs> cast of 11 characters with their trilogy and then like... I, I, just the boring. next trilogy yeah. with another 15 characters. So yeah, like, but I don't remember any time in Marvel where I watched 25 minutes of people walking like a fucking one-mile trail. I, it's just boring to me. I, I just don't don't get into Lord of the Rings at all. I know it's. I know I'm probably all pissing right. some people off right now. Uh, I just, hey, I like fantasy. I like no, no, no. sci-fi. I like so much stuff. But Lord of the Rings just you're not pissing anybody for, off. You just sound uncultured. That's yeah, all. Just, yeah. That's, well, I always <laughs> sound uncultured. So that's nothing Sounding new. Uncultured. Post apocalyptic. <laughs> so <laughs> I got I'm sorry. I'm adding the post apocalyptic uh, quote every chance you're I get. You're supposed to use that for when I trip over my words, which I, and I'm so eloquently spoken. I almost fucked that one up. <laughs> that. <laughs> <laughs> Elo- 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 eloquently spoken that it will rarely happen. So I'm just well, saying that shouldn't get as much use one, as you think. Oh, it's going to get a lot of use. I'm sure. One of, the, one of the shows that I went back to watch, because I haven't seen it in so many years, I don't know if you guys have ever seen it, is a TV show called Fringe. You guys ever seen Fringe? <laughs> no, no one told you life man. was gonna be this way. Not Friends. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Is it Friends with a list? Friends. Fringe. Fringe. <laughs> I love that show, Fringe. It's so good. <laughs> <laughs> that Monica cracks me up. Yeah, no, not uh, not Friends with a list. Like but fringe. fringe. Like on the fringe of something. Yeah, and yeah. it's it's focused. The whole series is focused around um, un, unexplainable or even like taboo sciences. And I've done a show in the past about pseudosciences. This isn't that. This show tonight is all around the top 10 fringe sciences. Not from the show, but like, fringe, uh, fringe is a definition. Season one. Yeah. <laughs> episode one. Show begins. Rachel leaves her wedding. <laughs> 
<laughs> All right, so let's break this down. First, I'm going to go into what Wikipedia kind of defines fringe as, so you guys kind of have an idea. Do you know what fringe science is before I get into this? No, I, don't. I still think you should not, define it. All right, cool. Not in because reference of science. Know. Yeah, no. Because, because Ron. <laughs> yeah, because Ron, because doesn't, Ron know, yeah. doesn't know. That's what it is. Fringe science is an inquiry in an established field of study which departs significantly from mainstream theories in that field and is considered to be questionable by the mainstream. A related area of research is the fringe theory. Fringe science may be either a questionable application of the scientific approach to a field of study or an approach whose status as scientific is widely questioned. These approaches are often considered to be dangerous, impractical, impossible, improbable, or unethical. That's according to Wikipedia. So, by the way, these references tonight are all over the place. Wikipedia is probably the most prominent. I'm not going to go through them all, but... I dug deep on the internet for a lot of these, a lot of the information on the list. So sciences that have sort of possible applications in some cases and in others, complete impossibilities. So when I name these lists, when I go through 10 through one for you guys, you'll know the topic, but you might not know that there's actually been money or governments or funding that has been thrown towards these strange and bizarre sciences uh, that have tr- progressed sometimes and then sometimes found that, no, this is all hokum, it's all bullshit, or we just don't understand this this yet. So you guys ready? Let's do it. Let's get right into this. Number 10. We're going to start right off the bat. Have you ever seen the movie Men Who Stare at Goats? Uh, I haven't, <clears throat> but I'm familiar. Tom, with, Tom like, Clooney? Tom Clo- Clo- George Clooney? George Clooney? Yeah, uh, yeah I, know the, I know the movie exists. I know the title. I've never seen it before. Never heard of it. That, sh- that movie alone covers a lot of these. So uh, the very first one, number 10. Mind control. Menticide, coercive persuasion, thought control, and reform, as well as re-education, are all included in the general category of brainwashing. Basically, it's a concept that involves the theory that the human mind can be manipulated by psychological techniques to attain a specific goal. The term brainwashing was first used by Edward Hunter in 1950 to describe how the Chinese government was manipulating people to cooperate with them. In the 70s, there was considerable scientific and legal debates on the topic. Remember, the 70s are where a ton of cults popped up. I mean, there's still cults today, but there's a lot. there was a lot of cults that just showed up in the 70s, and they're trying to figure out how the fuck these people are falling for these. There's still cults ridiculous. today? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Wow, I didn't know that. The science and legal communities wanted to know how people were being manipulated to join these cults and give up their possessions, their money, their spouses, and sometimes their own children to the horrors that some of these cults uh, put these kids and people through. The United States CIA and DOD began researching mind control in the 50s to attempt to better understand the scope of what can be done. This includes conspiracy-laden topics like MKUltra. MKUltra was a mind control experiment. I mean, that is what that was. It was a conspiracy theory that turned out to be very, very true, using a lot of LSD uh, and others. We have not stopped there, though. In 2009, a bipartisan Senate Armed Services Committee report released partial information about the U.S. using similar torturous techniques in Guantanamo Bay. <laughs> Guantanamo Bay. Uh, those guys are all trapped in there. This is not coming out. They got no rights. <laughs> Motherfucker. Uh, Iraq and Afghanistan. Uh. So the U.S. has invested millions and millions of dollars into the the research that has gone into can you brainwash or control the thoughts uh, of an individual? Can can it be done? 
and they've got enough results out of it to continue research now. I mean, it's it's still going on, and that those practices have still are still being used. Now, the Senate uh, Armed Committee report, whatever, was kind of kind of impartial. A lot of it was redacted for public view, obviously, uh, but it's just keeping that 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 line out in the ocean to catch that fish of the government doing really bizarre things behind our back. And it's not just us. It's several other governments have, in the world. I have world so many great this. political, sarcastic <laughs> jokes I could say that I just keep to myself and keep our rule of not talking about those things on this show. About politics or about the mind control being used? Because that's okay. That's all right to inject. I mean, if I was the government, I would just just stop whatever experiments you're doing and just watch eight hours of CNN or Fox News if you want to see how to brainwash people. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah, so, yeah that's Because yeah. those people know how to brainwash somebody and program them. Lock them into an and, echo chamber. Yes, thank you. Lock them into an But more than that, into get, getting them, giving them this like euphoric feeling off the information that's they're true. watching so they come back again the next day at the same fucking time and hear the same bullshit. Both sides, 100%. That's all they do. Best thing I ever did in my life was break myself away from that shit. You broke the brainwashing. <laughs> I absolutely did. did I absolutely did. You deprogrammed yourself. I 100% deprogrammed By the myself. way, how's your 75 hard going? Still going, brother. Yeah? 100%. Good yep. for you, man. Yeah. yeah what man. day are you in? I am in, well, I guess officially day nine, the ninth day. I've, what was our bet? What was I don't our over-under? Didn't we have an over-under gentleman's bet? I think you know. did, you, but you still you, could. You, I got a long way to go. You bet on a lack of confidence in Ron. Yeah, you, what it you was. definitely took the... Oh, yeah. Ron is I know Ron. I mean... Wow, that doesn't say a lot about me, right? Ron's hey. never going to do this shit. He sucks. Hey. Then prove me wrong. I'm doing it now. I'm nine days That's in good. to proving you wrong. <laughs> is, it, is it getting harder? Uh, no, actually, I'm getting a bit of a more routine, and I'm feeling good. So I, I'd say it was, it was harder probably... Four or five days ago, there was a. Hmm. It was about six days ago where You're I thought past, like, I don't. The addiction. I was parts, like, I like don't know if I can fucking do this. Sugar. You, you probably get past all of your real addictions that your body has, has yeah. wanted. It's the diet part isn't as hard as fucking two forty-five minute workouts. Somebody actually hit me up in Discord like, dude, fucking kudos to you. Good luck, man. <laughs> I want to see you succeed for your health. Oh, absolutely. But if I were you in this situation and I was the one doing the 75 hard, I would bet against me too. I just, I know how, I know how these things work. I mean, this is a hard thing to maintain. Yeah, it's going to be hard. You, yeah. you went right, right from getting your driver's permit to driving an Indy car. A, 70, <laughs> a 75 and hard or whatever the hell the thing is, that's, yeah. a, that's a difficult thing to, to try to accomplish when, you, you know, I mean, you haven't, you've been healthy, but you haven't lived a, you know, health lifestyle. You haven't. That oh, hasn't absolutely been your not. Focus. I'm the worst eater ever for starters. Let's just start with that. Anyway, we tangented. We took it away All from right. you. Bring it back. Bring it back to Adam. Number nine. This you have seen in ev well, not every, but the majority of sci-fi shows that are out there. Teleportation. There has been real money invested. The fly, in this. man. That's what the fly is all about. <laughs> teleportation and Star Help Trek, of me. course. Help me. We all know the teleportation <laughs> as it is used in science fiction. The first mention of teleportation was in 1897 novel called To Venus in Five Seconds by Fred T. Jane. The definition of teleport is the hypothetical movement of material objects between one place and another without physically traversing the distance between. This can include physical objects, matter, or energy. An actual teleportation of matter has never been realized by modern science, which is based entirely on 
mechanistic methods. It is questionable if it can ever be achieved because any transfer of matter from one point to another without transversing the physical space between them violates Newton's laws, and which is a cornerstone of all physics as we know it. There is one catch to this science fiction theory that seems to overcome Newton's law. Quantum teleportation. We've kind of talked about this in the past on some of our yeah. other shows as well. With quantum teleportation, there's no matter that is teleported, neither energy nor matter. Rather, quantum state data is immediately sent and <clears throat> affects an entangled partner on the other destination, regardless of distance. A quantum entanglement theory. That's your that's yeah, your jam, this bro. This is my jam. Yeah. yeah nice. I, I will mention quantum this, entanglement this, in as many shows as I can. <laughs> this, you really do. This gets a bit into the Ant-Man stuff, too, right? Mm-hmm. Isn't he in the quantum realm? The quantum realm. I yes, mean, okay. that... That's a little bit out there in bizarre. Speaking oh, of all science of it's fiction, bizarre, that's but, why it's fringe, right? But yeah, the, the theory of going down to a subatomic level is what quantum physics is all about. That is the smallest of the small. That's getting down to the absolute building blocks of our world below below atoms as molecules. So you've got, you know, whatever. If, if below atoms was Andrea, you'd be a lot happier. <laughs> God damn right, my bad boy. What down, Joe? Um. So let me try to break this down a little bit. Basically, beginning in 2010 and continuing through today, scientists have published results of experiments of being able to send data between entangled atoms. In 2014, scientists announced a reliable way of transferring data by quantum teleportation. In China, in 2015, scientists at the University of Science and Technology managed to teleport quantum information from a cluster of rubidium atoms over a distance of about 150 meters to another cluster of rubidium atoms that had been entangled. These studies have been replicated and peer-reviewed. So where that gets incredibly important is with, while they're not transferred, like if you wanted to send this bottle of scotch sitting on the table from here to your house in Palm Bay, well, there's no way that that, theoretically right now, there's no way you could do that. It's just, it can't happen. It has to somehow travel the distance, be it at the speed did of light the, or not. Did the tubes at the bank not count for this? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. The bank theory uh, is complete. That's no, is that it? I mean, I see it happen all the time. I put it into the thing. It goes away. It's just gone. Then all of a sudden I come back. There's something there that wasn't there before. I say they're doing it at the bank for years. Magic. It's all magic, Ron. That's yes. how the bank actually works. Yeah. <laughs> can they magically put some more money in my account? They can. Oh, awesome. <laughs> and magically you take gotta it away. You got to know a wizard. Yeah. <laughs> they go by the name Teller. Teller. Now, the only thing that they have been able to transfer so far is data. So all that, all that happens, and I'm not going to get deep into quantum entanglement, but atoms that are entangled can be separated by any distance irrelevant of distance like it could be 150 meters as used in China or it could be 150 light years. The distance between those entangled atoms make zero difference to their effects on each other which is fucking fascinating. And so what these scientists have been able to do is show that they have a reliable way to transmit data using those entangled atoms across that distance instantaneously. So, for example, if you were, let's say, Ron, you uh, you were on uh, Mars in the future, right? You, you hop on a SpaceX rocket and you go and hang out for vacation up on Mars. But to communicate back to Earth from Mars, I'm going to probably be wrong about this, but it takes like a minute for a signal to reach Mars from Earth. Just a minute? Or Mars. Or That's Earth like bad. I would have thought way well, longer than that. That's pretty cool. From us to the sun is only like four minutes for light to travel from one place to the other. Aren't we closer to, to the sun than Mars? 
Are we closer to Mars? I'm going to say we're closer to I Mars, think, but I don't yeah. know the answer to that. We're very that close thing. to Mars. Right, Mars I'll, is our neighbor. I'll find out the answer. Signal time between Dis- Earth and Mars. Discord, okay. hook us up in the lobby. Tell us tell us the distance. I'm pretty Dude, sure we're so a long, One of our Discordians. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure Sorry. we're a long ways from, from the sun compared yeah. to Mars. Knows that answer probably exactly because we always have some smart freaking listeners. Actually, I know the answer to that. We have really smart listeners. You notice that? We like do our interactions, smart. like we have some really intelligent li- listeners. Five to twenty minutes is the answer. Five to twenty minutes. Yes. Okay. Depends on the carrier. Fuck AT and T. If it's Verizon, it's five. <laughs> it's um, if it's um, uh, T Mobile, it's like seventeen. Maybe the five to twenty means which side of the sun it's on. Yeah, there's a there's a point where we are exponentially oh, yeah. farther away from Mars. Yeah, we are. We that's a good point. We're not always like. <laughs> Yeah. In perfect, like the same distance yeah. from Mars. That would no. be called a tidally tidy locked orbit. We're not even always the same exact distance from the sun, actually. So no, that's There's true. a few million miles separate. Or the moon. Or, yeah. Or, wait, or, wait, wait a minute. We're not always the same. We are tidally locked with the moon. The moon is tidally locked with the Earth. But does it... Tangent. It does get tangent, closer. No, you're tangent. right. No, no, no. This is, that's all right. No, it's a good tangent. You're, it makes sense. You're right, though. The, the moon does have an A little bit of wobble. Orbit. Yeah. No wobble. Well, not only no. has a wobble. Earth has a wobble, which I think is what affects the distance to the yeah. moon. And this is why know. you don't let stupid people like me say science stuff. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so quantum entanglement or quantum teleportation. teleportation. Yeah. Sorry. So teleportation as we know it and has been studied by governments around the world is impossible. Like the what you see in Star Trek is impossible. Why do you say it's impossible? Just because we haven't figured out how to do it. Well, so most everything in the world of physics is based on Einstein's uh, general theory. That dude's been dead for years. What if he's (laughs) wrong on something? The general theory of relativity, as well as Newton's law of conservation of energy, tells us that energy can neither be created nor destroyed. What if it's wrong? Well, of course, there's all right. Then, so to holes. say it's impossible, I don't buy that. To say ap- that we won't likely ever see it in our lifetime, or maybe ever, okay. But to say it's impossible, nah. I, I will support your challenge to what I said 100 percent because you're right. We can't claim we can claim impossible by our current modern science by okay. our by our understanding of how things work. It's impossible. Uh, understood. Okay, that makes sense. But that doesn't mean that. We're, I mean, we're ignorant to maybe things we don't know about, obviously. So if there's other ways, other physics that are in play here, other subatomic particles that maybe we just don't know about that exist that could operate outside of Newton's law of conservation there, of energy, then hey, go for it. I mean, maybe, maybe that exists, but we ain't going to solve that problem really on the twisted Really quick little tangent, but not really. There's a scene in the original Star Trek movie, Star Trek the motion picture, which was... 78, 77. Oh, yeah, somewhere in there, yeah. in the late 70s. Where there's a transporter accident in this, I think I might have mentioned this before. The fuck <laughs> the fucking squ- squeal from that person in that transporter, Ugh. like it still like it shivers up and down. Your it spine. still shivers up and down my spine. It's really freaky that that particular scene. They did a good job with that. As as bad as that movie was. They did a really good First job. First one was with bad. they came. Oh, back. Rathacon yeah. was amazing, but yeah. Uh, yeah, the motion picture one wasn't very good. But man, that's like, ugh. <laughs> go check it out if you're if you're you know Trekkie or whatever. So to add a little bit to you're talking about the theory of relativity. Did you hear about the massive, massive thing that just happened? Uh, it was really it was published in the in the past like week or so. Maybe I don't, I don't think know. so. We observed the backside of a black hole. Oh yeah, I did. I proving did about that. the magnetic currents behind the black hole, which 
Gravitational moved. lensing, right? They used gravitational lensing yeah. to see the other side of the hole. Yeah, yep. black hole. And yeah. they were, so they were able to see what they theorized would be there, and it was there. A lot of the same thing. Yeah, let's. <laughs> Which is, you know, we think it's the back side of a black hole. It looks the same as the front side of a black hole. Sure <laughs> enough, they proved it. <laughs> it does. Um, but that was a big unknown for black holes and the general theory of relativity, which this uh, all but ties the entire thing together. Yeah, it, it so locks just, t- general theory of relativity to get even so makes it even screw, stronger. Yeah, so screw what I said. Now we have even more proof that Einstein was right and Ron's an idiot. <laughs> yeah. And for whatever reason, because we saw the backside of a black hole, we're not able to teleport things. Hey, Ron, you want to I don't understand backs- that connection. <laughs> you want to see the backside of my black hole? Always. <laughs> yeah, baby. You mean see it again? Yeah, sure. That's a good point. <laughs> Just don't use your thumb this time. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, Pinky finger? There's, there, <laughs> uh, so there are, uh, speaking of black holes, black holes, as everyone knows, they gobble up everything, including light. Their gravity is so they strong. They really do. But they don't. They actually emit stuff. This isn't a joke. I'm not building up their joke. Ron's like, yes, yes. Yeah. What does it emit, Adam? I get it. But no, that's uh, the the particle that it emits was theorized originally by, um, who's it? The wheelchair guy. Help me out here. Oh, um, Hawking. Yeah, Stephen, Stephen Hawking. Hawking. And uh, it's actually called Hawking. It emits many things in <laughs> light form. <laughs> Sorry, that they was named, really bad Hawking. <laughs> they, they named the radiation that escapes a black hole after him. It's called Hawking radiation, which is really cool. So black holes emit something. They don't They don't keep everything in. Do you know how Stephen Hawking's like um, communication thing, like his uh, communicator, if you will, worked? Like how he actually controlled it? Yeah, with his che- puffs of air. No, as, his, as he got like his, older, his eyes and blinks and cheeks, cheekbones and movements and things like that. That's pretty cool. Yeah, micro yeah. micro movements. That yeah, he like micro control. movements that he got obviously got good at. What did he have? Lou Gehrig's disease? Is that what he had? I don't actually know. I didn't see that movie, so I don't know. And it's I never looked movie. that up. That's the theory of everything. That yeah, movie theory is, of everything. That movie yeah. is great. By the he way, he died what three, four years ago? Mm. Three years, two years ago, something like that. Mm, something like that. Yeah. He was in Big Bang Theory a lot. Yeah. God, he was in that Is show, that what like, sets your standard for, <laughs> for scientists? No, what Stop I thought... Him and Neil deGrasse Tyson so. are the smartest people ever because they were in... Big no, Bang no, I, what I'm saying, I think it was cool like he just didn't take himself seriously because he took a lot of... He took a lot of shit in that show. Like, they really fucking, like, made fun of him, kind of, made a lot of jokes, and he just really took it well. Yeah. The guy obviously had a great sense of humor. Number eight. Number eight, I titled transhumanism because that's the actual title, but we've discussed it as being post-biological and a few other things in the past. So let's get into that. Transhumanism. Again, this is the top 10 fringe sciences. So these are things that either the U.S. or some other governments around the world have invested. We're private citizens have invested a ton of money in research. Before you say it. Josh, have you ever heard of transhumanism? I have. I have never, never heard of it. So I'm interested to hear what this is. You you did if you listen to uh, the Josh Clark podcast. Okay, so I heard of it. It was in there, but remember. you don't. Re- yeah, the keyword doesn't strike you like a post biological society. That that you probably remember. Yes, as opposed to trans. All right, let's get into it. This is the ph- philosophical movement which advocates and predicts the enhancement of human of the human condition. And I use that in quotes because that's the science ter- terminology for human condition involves things more than our, just our biology. It involves consciousness, too. So it's our ability to think. Therefore, we are type of. Anyway. Um, Plato? The in- Sorry. Well, yeah, Plato. Yeah. Uh, the enhancement I of like the Plato. human condition. I like Plato. Smells good. <laughs> 
By developing and making widely available sophisticated technologies able to greatly enhance longevity, mood, and cognitive abilities. This is also theorized as the post-biological humanity. Essentially, what makes us human? Circulatory and nervous systems can be found in what we consider non-cognitive life forms on Earth now. Our brains are very similar to other species on Earth as well. So why is humanity considered so unique? Bottom line is our consciousness, while able to be mapped scientifically, is still unexplained by science. Why do we think, basically? Theorists within these fields think we are close to being able to replicate the power of the human brain with non-biological computers. So ones and zeros, conventional ones and zeros, and their processing power. Uh, Even the world's most powerful supercomputer right now cannot keep up with the capability of the average IQ human mind. So, Ron, with your mind, they might be able to replicate yours, but not your average. But not most people, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, it's unbelievable. And some of those other shows have gone through to figure out what the calculations of a human brain actually are. So a regular computer, like what you game on or what you work on for your work, can calculate certain uh, equations to the power of 10. So let's say it's 10, and I don't know these numbers off off my memory, but let's say uh, our, our best computer, conventional computer, costs about two grand right now, could operate it with a Pentium 8-core i9 processor, you know, whatever, the biggest processor you can basically get. Uh, a quantum processor? No, that's a little different. We'll okay. I'll talk about it in a second. Might be able to calculate 10 to the 15th power of uh, of actions per second of processes per second. Well, the human brain can do 10 to like the 30th or something, 27th really? to 30th. Okay. Yeah, the human brain can calculate. So computers are starting to catch fast. up, but they're not there yet. They are, yeah. And the big the big step in that is quantum computing. It's the ability to harness the power at the quantum level to be able to perform those processes. Because you need to what, shorten the distance between you know, Quantum something? doesn't matter anymore. So distance, okay. you're right. Distance is 100% right. So what was really where we're hitting the threshold with computer advancement was the, the processors and the, the transistors that are built into the processors could handle way more than what we were feeding them. The problem then became the circuitry length. So that's when computers' processors started to get smaller and smaller and because smaller. Because that would make them faster. That okay, right. That's exactly right. And it also reduces a lot of the heat. Uh, because it's all electrically charged and et cetera. Um, but now with quantum computing, distance is irrelevant. Kind of like quantum entanglement, how that works, quantum computing works with a different set of on-off switches. So transistors are basically ones and zeros or ons and offs. That's how computers work. Millions of these things, billions of these things so happening quantum computing no longer use binary? It's definitely not binary. No, it's. I don't even want to take a dumb guess at it, but it uses some sort of... It's not hexadecimal, but it uses a set of four different on-off kind of switches per transistor, but at the same time can be those reverse states as well. So it so the, it I actually, amplifies I have a, it a lot. I have a pretty good analogy for this, and it is about as boiled down as you can possibly look at this. However, you've got ones and zeros, you're on and off. Now just imagine that written as in an equation where you could also have one with an exponent of one or an exponent of zero. And using exponent is even a poor term because you can't exponent zero. It's impossible. So I think it's impossible. Anyways, so you can it can track two states at the same time um, or like having two light switches for the same light bulb in your house. Oh, I hate that. On my stairs, I got it. It's, I always fucking it's the, flip it's the wrong one. And it, it kills my OCD when you get them backwards because I'm like, why is the switch off? 
But the light is on. Or why is the, the light fuck on? Turn the other and, switch. Yeah. Why is the light on? But both switches are down. That'll fuck with me forever. <laughs> <laughs> so, but it's it, it like it, to boil it down. It's having multiple switches to control a single state. Okay. Um. <clears throat> now again, now imagine it had multiple switches, more switches, because like you just said, it actually tracks several pieces of data, but presents a single state, and that's what makes it quantum. Quantum. Okay. So, but the, we're getting the, there. The Quantum thought, computers were becoming yeah. more available. So we're, we're the thought process of the binary language being some kind of universal language that we could speak to anybody in the universe with may not necessarily be the case because perhaps another society um, has grown so advanced beyond that that they so it would just be prehistoric to them. I don't know. You're asking a fundamentally challenging question. I, I don't know the answer to that. I can you don't theorize. know how other societies and, and <laughs> can, other planets and other universes communicate, Adam? I could hypothesize. What are you here for? I thought you were here because you were smart. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> it would take a lot longer to map my brain, buddy. I'm just saying. No. The So ones and zeros is... You've a, called me dumb like twice now tonight. In like the last I did. five I'm minutes. I'm sorry, Ron. No. no, I am dumb. I, I, I love you. <laughs> What do we do with that? What do we do? He takes the power away, Josh. I can't make yeah, fun of him that's anymore. It. That's right. That's um, right. Yeah, so we're getting we're getting close to the capabilities of what the human mind can can uh, getting to that tenth to the thirtieth or yeah, you, whatever that whatever that whatever that calculation is. is yeah. We're getting there with quantum computers. It's likely that we'll have the computational power to replicate a human mind within ten to twenty years, which is kind of scary if you think about it. Because what you can literally do at that point, I say literally, I don't know this to be literal, but what you can theoretically do at that point is take a human being, take their consciousness, have it mapped Mm -hmm. using this quantum computer, and then literally make a copy of that over onto a quantum computer. So that's like, that's not the singularity. The singularity, if you take my actual consciousness and put it into a computer, that's the singularity. But that's the same thing. It's making a copy of your consciousness. It's the exact same thing. Well, your if, consciness would literally be won't, in but, a computer. But would it? Point. But if there's another consciousness in a computer, we're getting really like be another high, Ron. We're getting some highbrow here. But then, isn't that a clone, not me? Well, sure. But then, how do you tell the difference? Who who would be the original? I tell the difference because you're a biological being. I personally tell the difference. What if the, I know I'm not that one in the computer? But now, what the if one that in the one of the computer doesn't like, hey, know? Yeah, that that's exactly what they would be like. Look, right. it's me. It's Ron. I'm like, look, no, no, I am Ron. No, no, I am Ron. Like, what if they did on like multiplicity, he, where they put like a yes. little number on them somewhere? Oh, exactly. <laughs> I mean, if you make one kind of dumber, which I like pizza. I would I would automatically just even as the original get mistaken for number four. <laughs> <laughs> I got a wallet. <laughs> Actually, you guys my, would all be number four. My wife just bought because my wallet was stolen a few months ago. You remember? I don't know if you remember that. But anyway, my wife just bought me this wallet last night. She, you know, she was out some school shopping. She bought me a new wallet, and the first thing I said is, "I got a wallet." It's from that movie. You guys, if you guys haven't Get seen the movie Multiplicity, yeah. you gotta go see it. It's awesome. Hey, I think we have a little dog barkage going. I do. On I hear there. Oliver upstairs. I wonder if that's picking up on Mike. I guess it's gonna be a good test. Let's see. Yeah. Well, that's the live stream. Can you guys hear the dog barking? Yeah. I doubt it. Yeah, <laughs> um, I doubt it. Our gates are pretty good. So on the quantum computing thing, did you know that you can rent quantum processing now? Like Amazon, like AWS? Really? Like you can rent uh, quantum computer can time. I, can I hook it up to mine me some cryptocurrency? Um, that, that's actually, that's a big conversation in the crypto community because it's, it'll destroy it's, all the GPUs yeah. that are. Hey, in we're going to talk about some cryptocurrency tonight on the after show, yeah, right? We are. Oh, awesome. We are. Can't wait. 
And multi-level marketing. That's the, that's the important part. How do you tie MLM. Amway to cryptocurrency? Somebody say multi-level marketing? <laughs> Ron's got a boner. Put your dick away, Ron. All right, so once let me finish out transhumanism. Once humanity has unburdened the study of the human mind and are ready to recreate it on a computer, we can progress to transhumanism. Imagine being able to connect to your body or brain a computer system that can keep up with your ability to think. Immediate accessibility to all the information in the world in your head. Your IQ suddenly skyrockets because you know everything that humanity knows or the internet knows or you have the best meme cat uh, references there are. Uh, the human body has its limits. We grow old, get diseases, have accidents, etc. We're a fragile species. If you had the ability, and we've talked, we've hypothesized this in the past. If you had the ability to transfer your consciousness to a non-biological version of yourself, let's say they also made you a uh, an android that had the sensitivity, the look, the touch, the sm- everything. It looks like a human, feels like a human, walks like a duck, sounds like a duck. Um, would you transfer your consciousness into that? You would have unlimited life to live, and you could they could engineer procreation still, so you could continue your species if you wanted to. I mean, there's there's ways that you can still accomplish living as a human, but being a non-biological entity. Um, would you do it? So transhumanism is simply taking the biological fragile structure that we have and usurping that with technology. So you can live forever or longer at least uh, and carry that memory on for, for, for an eternity. I say no because I still don't feel like I feel like my clone will be still alive, but I will not still be alive. Now, if you could, what makes if you, you could you make know. me a yeah. Borg, right? That's different. Take me and add some like what do they call that? Like bio. They, there's a lot of tattoos of it where it's like it looks like like the oh, inside. Josh like, has one of those. They'll do tattoos where the inside of it looks like. Um, Computer chips and or computer chips are just mechanical, biomechanical yeah. type. Now, if you could take me and make me live forever by making me partially, so when okay, let's say I replaced everything in your body with a, a technology. Okay, when do you stop becoming you and suddenly become a robot? Is it the brain? Is that the part? As that you long can't as replace? I can still think and feel as I do now, then I'm still me. The, so, the version so of you in AI. Yeah, self-awareness is 100%. An, an impossible thing for anybody to prove. Yeah, no, I get it. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. That's, yeah, that's my understand. line, too. I get it. Yeah, yeah. That's that's where it is, you know, for me. If I, I no longer have self-awareness that this other Ron is me, then, I, okay, good luck. Cool, Ron. Good luck. I mean, I was so already what I, an what I heard you person. Say, good luck having him around for another 300 years. What I heard you say is that if you can if you can assess to yourself that you're aware of yourself, yes. you have to have self-awareness, then you'd be good with it. Oh, yeah. Well, so I make a copy of your consciousness, throw it into a you know Gateway 200 laptop, uh, and that is self-aware. We're good. I've got Ron right here in my laptop. But that's uh, for you. It's Ron. For me, it's not. But for the Ron in the laptop, it's and Ron. for him, it is good for him. Good for you guys. Sucks for me. I'm still dead. <laughs> <laughs> Bottom line. Copy that. All right, moving right along. That was a good one, by the way. You like transhumanism? Yeah, that was fun. That's a fun topic. Moving right along, number seven in the fringe sciences. Suspended animation. And we've seen this for years in sci-fi movies. Yes and no. There's there's two different versions of this. So there's, and I think I touch on this a little bit in here, but there's suspended animation and then there's cryosleeps and cryofreezes. Similar, but a little a little different. And how sci-fi applies it is way you, all over yeah, the do place. Do you touch 
uh, based on both those. Yeah, kind a of little bit, yeah. Okay. yeah I kind of yell. I'm sure if you it. don't, we will. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But that wouldn't be a tangent. That'd be legit. Yes. We have all seen the movies and shows where the subjects enter a sleep pod or some other form of suspended animation chamber to cease their biological functions to awaken so, a later like, date. Like so many. Like every oh yeah, every freaking sci-fi movie you can think of where they have any kind of long travel. Yeah. Unless they're doing it through some kind of wormhole effect, this is pretty much what. Then that do. wouldn't be long travel. Yeah, yeah. That's I guess that'd that's, be instantaneous. That'd be long distance, but not long t- yeah. travel. Yeah. You're right. Uh, sometimes thousands of years may have passed uh, and the subject stored in the suspended animation has not aged a moment. Suspended animation is the process in which the biological functions of the subject are slowed or stopped in order to preserve the physiological capabilities. Whew, I made it through that one. Without, <laughs> even, that was tough. Uh, we have one sound drop off of you. <laughs> Cryonics is another version of the same theory and has been regarded as dangerous fringe science by the scientific community. So the, the instantaneous freezing of a biological being uh, and then reanimation of it later is cryonics. So slightly different. I'll get into that a little bit here. In nature, we already see this happening, sort of. Hibernation is a state of greatly reduced pi- biological functions to allow the subject to preserve itself during an otherwise traumatic event. Mammals in winter, fish in frozen ponds, etc. Humans can enter a state of limited suspension, uh, limited suspended animation now by means of hypothermia. A 14, I've got four examples of this. A 14-year-old boy survived for 15 minutes under ice in a frozen lake before paramedics pulled him out and saved him. I have the best real-life example. What? Captain America. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I guess so. Um, A Japanese man survived for 24 days with no food or water in the cold because he was, his body was in hypothermia. Um, A two-year-old survived several hours from hypothermia induced cardiac arrest. And that kind of steps into the next step of the suspended animation and how it's actually a real thing now. So this originally was fringe science and parts of it still are like the cryonics and the cryogenic type stuff. But now they're discovering that they can use these suspended animation states or forcing a body into hypothermia, sometimes by draining the blood out, replacing it with other fluid, putting the person into a coma, and that fluid maintains uh, activity with oxygenating the organs, but at a ridiculously reduced temperature so that the organs are preserved. So what about it's like... Pretty cool. Your skin cells and things like that, all that's slower. Hair grows slower. Nails grow everything. slower. Like everything slows down. Everything slows down. So you, in down. essence, are aging at a much slower rate. And that's real. Like that's they a can real do thing. That yeah, I'll, I'll cite the, the place that does it right now. Um, the other, the fourth one was a toddler. <laughs> Taco Bell. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> a toddler was revived after two hours with a, without an apparent heartbeat uh, with a body temperature of 64 degrees. So the toddler had obviously fallen into a lake or something. I just clipped out yeah. the pieces of the story that. That's just not as cold as I thought you were. A lot so. of uh, yeah, a lot of these stories hy- just hypothermia make... is like eighty-eight or something. Mm. Dropping your body temperature down to like eighty-eight degrees yeah, is hypothermia. I guess that makes sense. A lot of these examples just make me want to say, please pay attention to your small children during the winter, people. <laughs> Thank you. <Yes. laughs> um, all of our current methods to suspend humans and other biological subjects deal with low temperatures. The University of Maryland School of Medicine even has documented has a documented technique with several successful cases where they lower a person's temperature to place them into suspended state to perform emergency procedures, then revive them. They call this emergency preservation, and currently there is nothing. Wait, wait. 
They call this emergency preservation and resuscitation, or, or EPR. Currently, there is nothing published about sleeping pods like we see in sci-fi. So no cryonics and cryogenic type, type sleeps, but a version of this does exist and is in use in the medical communities now. Okay. Cool. So do you think it may be as they get better and better at it, it could be used for like long journeys, hundreds of years from now, maybe? Uh, so possibly. So, I mean, we see other other creatures, fish, frogs, other other types of creatures that can literally be frozen in place. And then because of the, the chemicals that their body produces naturally, when they thaw out, those chemicals restart the, the animal and bring it back to life. So is the science available to support this? A hundred percent. Have we discovered a way to make a human being turn into a popsicle and then unthaw? Not yet. We're not. Okay. We're not quite there yet. Can I talk about Star Trek again? Of course. Okay. <laughs> you don't have to ask permission. God, um, if I ask permission every time I interrupted Ron, it'd be a long show. Um. Uh. So you you spoke of Wrath of Khan, that kick-ass movie. Yeah. But are you familiar with the background of Khan and where that character came from in the original Star Trek show? <sighs> kind. Kind of, no. Okay, so there was an episode in the original Star Trek show, I'm really geeking out here, called <laughs> Nerd! <coughs> Nerd! Called uh, Space Seed. And uh, in that show, they discovered this spaceship from the 1990s that had all these superhuman... Whoa, how far advanced was that? <laughs> superhuman people in this pod in suspended, or in this spaceship in suspended animation. Like 70-something of these superhuman people that back then they were working on... You know, making this kind of superhuman race for military purposes and whatnot. Now, I don't recall why they put them in a spaceship and they just float through space. But so that's where they found uh, Khan. Khan, Ricardo Montalban. Back this is back in the '60s. Played it back then as well, um, as he did obviously in the '80s. And um, they tried. He was like extremely intelligent, extremely smart, and everything. And they they tried to take over the ship. So, so just to round it all off here so how, you know how it got to Wrath of Khan. Yeah. So they took them, after they finally got back a hold of the ship, they took him and his um, uh, crew, if you will, 75, and let them go live on this really nice planet somewhere and, like, just start their own society. And it's like, yeah, we're just going to put you, you're too dangerous to live with, you know, normal society. We can't trust you. We call Some, that planet Australia. Something happened. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> something happened months or a year or so later there was some kind of explosion or something like that, and um, the planet near them like exploded, and it caused a, a horrific um, environmental issue on their planet. Hence, when you found them, right when they found them on that planet, it was just like a dirt, just sandstorms, just yeah. horrible living situations. No one had ever gone to check on them to see that they were okay. They'd been living in that situation for 20 years and that's why he wanted, that's why it was the Wrath of Khan. He wanted revenge from, because Kirk put him on that planet and that shit happened and no one came to make sure that they were good to go. Interesting. They, so, did, a, they did the new the new Khan uh, in the new Star Trek was pretty cool. Oh, it, it was good. But if you want to go back and see the origination of that, um, space, so you don't have to look through every show, Star Trek, uh, the classic series Space Seed is the name of the Damn, episode. Check him out. It's yeah. a compendium of Star Trek knowledge. Oh, I'm a freaking total Trekkie should do dork. a Star Trek podcast. I've been thinking about it. I, I, I have some ideas. I that some community, ideas. though? Ooh, you better make sure you're oh, on your come money. Come the fuck on. I am that community. <laughs> <laughs> I love the confidence. <laughs> I love the confidence. I am not worried about that. All right, let's Born wrap and up. raised in that world. Let's wrap up 10 through 6 with number 6. 
nanotechnology. And we've touched on this before. I love some the of concept these topics. Of, again, Star Trek Next Generation, nanites oh, yeah. well, get in the ship, take it over. It's awesome. Nanites is in every <laughs> sci-fi show. Yeah, I know. I know, but for is, me, you yeah. know me, I relate everything to Star yeah. Trek. Nanotechnology, uh, also shortened to nanotech, is the use of matter in an atomic, molecular, and supra- molecular scale and this word was new to me i didn't understand i know what supra like a toyota supra you stole my thunder (laughs) it's a really fast car from the 90s um supra molecular is a chemical system in which discrete number with a discrete number of molecules so it's like a cluster of molecules in a chemistry type or version or whatever (laughs) set thank you chemistry set yeah (laughs) the chemistry set (laughs) do it do it at home chemistry set uh, nanotechnology may be able to create many new materials and devices with a vast range of applications such as nanomedicine, nanoelectronics, biomaterials, energy production, uh, or consumer products. On the other hand, nanotechnology raises many of the same issues as a new technology, including concerns about the toxicity and environmental impacts of nanomaterials and their potential effects on global economics, as well as the speculation about various doomsday scenarios. These concerns have led to a debate among the advocacy groups and governments on whether special regulation of nanotechnology is warranted. Right now, there isn't anything. Um, Nick Ballstrom, you might have heard me refer to him in the past. He's the author of Superintelligence, cited K. Eric Drexler's 1986 book, Engine of Creation, with the term gray goo or gray matter as some people have i mean br- the brain is kind of referred to as gray matter gray, gray goo ragu <laughs> gray ragu uh, gray goo gray goo is referred to as gray a goose? result <laughs> sorry i can't stop it it just sounds weird You're okay. uh it's referred to as the result of the existential catastrophe from self-replicating nanotechnology machines taking over every atom on earth that they can get their little grubby hands on and converting them into more of their own. Eventually, I mean, they're they're subatomic, they're molecular in size, but when you have every atom around you that is them, it just turns into this mass movement of gray goo floating and moving and looks like waves, but really it's billions and trillions of these nano uh, technology creatures. Nanites. Uh, Just call them nanites. If they didn't give them a name, we're calling them nanites. To scale, nanotechnology operates at the size and scale of nanometers. To give a comparison, a double helix DNA strand has a diameter around, not long, but around of two nanometers. Also the size of Ron's dick. The smallest... Oh, you said the, dick. I heard uh, it. Adam knows me so well. The smallest cellular <laughs> life forms, bacteria, are around 200 nanometers in length. So this is smaller than the smallest this. of bacteria. Nanotech is classified within the range of 1 to 100 nanometers. A nanometer is comparing a nanometer to a meter. So we all know what a meter is, kind of like a yard, just the accurate version. <laughs> um, a nanometer to a meter is like comparing a marble to the entire planet Earth. Holy shit. So to give you an idea That's of scale. A, I have a really small dick. <laughs> <laughs> Two marbles. Um, you should save that as, as a drop. <laughs> I might get That's that That's a one. great drop. I have a really small dick. <laughs> um, uh, so this is big, big money. I pulled a couple of charts that I'll show you. Well, I'll just read you some of the top ones in there. Uh, the U.S. has invested over $4 billion into its National Nanotech uh, Technology Initiative. I put initiative. Uh 
Also, uh, additionally, over 60 countries worldwide have nanotech programs that are currently going strong. A um, couple of ranks on this. So the U.S. is not leading this, by the way. This is not something that we're, we're up there on. Uh, number one, and this is regarding top nanotech research organizations by patents. So from 1970 to 2011, this is how much time, at least that this chart had in it. The number one country, does anybody want to take a guess who number one is? Japan. It's, it's not U.S. It's not Japan. Uh, China. No, not China. Germany. It's the uh, home France. of Samsung Electronics. Korea. That's right, South Korea. Uh, I was about to say Japan again. I thought it was <laughs> Japan. Um, uh. Samsung Electronic, according to 2011, Samsung Electronics in South Korea holds 2,578 nanotechnology patents. That is baffling. Um, U.S. checks in from the company called you know IBM at 1,360, so they're they're a little lower on the list. Uh, now, as far as top nanotechnology research organizations by scientific publications, that means the smartest people in the world are publishing scientific research on this, which would then lead to patents being created. Um, we're still not up there. So here's my thought. <laughs> Number, think, think about this. Yeah. I just don't want to forget this point. So right now we're like the our U.S. just our government blows. I'm sorry. <laughs> Our U.S. government thinks it's more practical to spend time trying to figure out how to brainwash people than to invest in something that is clearly the future of this someday. That, you that see would what, be hard to you quantify. You see what I'm saying? Well, that, I see what you're saying, but that would be hard to quantify. There's no way to really compare un, unless you had the actual numbers of how much money is invested. Well, clearly, I mean, we don't, but clearly this isn't as much of a priority as it probably should be for us, but trying to brainwash people, men staring at goats. Still a thing for us. <laughs> well, like but yeah, we, but to be fair, the men staring at goats. very old ass backwards people still in, with their fingers on the button of this government right the now. The CIA and the DEA probably DEA DOD probably <laughs> only probably only spent a few million on the men who stare at goats campaign. That that whole that whole research piece probably wasn't that much, and it was probably very short lived. Four billion dollars into this institute, U.S. institute. That's a pretty good chunk of change. So okay. there I is a lot of money being thrown. Thanks at for this. taking my whole point and blowing it apart. Well, I was just trying to, <laughs> trying to educate you a little no, bit. No. It's not the same. No, you're right. You're right. I was, you know. Here's I, the scariest part: the, cup, the the countries who are researching this shit, and I say scary. All of this is advancements for humanity. So regardless of who, who finds or, this out. Or what's going to be, you know, cause an existential crisis. And well, that's blow, a, that's somehow a destroy our Published, available for public consumption, publications. Uh, China is leading with uh, 29,000 published publications on nanotechnology. Guess where America checks in at 5,900 published publications? We're, we're probably pretty far down the list. I'm going to say, how about just like 30th? Uh, we're 7th. It's, we're not that low. Yeah, I only had the top 10 on each one of these, but yeah, we're, we're down there. We're, we're at number seven with 5,900. The closest country to, to China, as far as publications, is Russia. Makes sense. So that's, uh, that's nanotech, guys. Yeah, it's interesting. I'm actually researching new, I'm getting a new monitor for my desk, and I landed on a white paper today. This is like the driest thing ever, but I landed on a white paper for Samsung's next generation of TV technology. So right now, QLED is like the current thing, and that's quantum dot LEDs. It uses blue diodes, and it refracts light to get the different light spectrums. It lets them get uh, a contrast ratio that's theoretical. Let's is it, get, it quantum, though? They call it quantum dots. It's because it's branded it, that way? It's, I mean, it is down at that level. Um, the new technology is quantum dot OLEDs, which uses... They're measured in nanos, but the diodes are nano-sized. 
to create blue light to then be manipulated and refracted to get our color spectrum. Interesting. So they have nano level technology that is being used in TVs now. God, you're going to have a TV with a resolution of like 4,800K instead of like 8K or 4K. (laughs) going to be some ridiculous... I still have an LED or, or whatever it is. Like It's still good. Not LED. Well, I guess that's right. <laughs> hey, no matter no matter how good a TV, TV gets... My TV still looks amazing. Yeah. Like, And I bought it well, that's 12 it. years ago, but no matter I, how it was, good it was the TV expensive gets, at the time. My eyes are never going to get as good enough to see... <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> ...the detail in those uh, yeah, TVs. Are your eyes in 8K? <laughs> Maybe not. No, no. I think refresh rate is going to be the next big fight. I yeah, refresh... So. My, so. my yeah. refresh rate on my TV is really... Like, people... Eight years ago, we were like, holy shit, your TV, why does it look so good? And they were like, I wonder what the refresh rate on this. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> How many times a second it blinks? Uh, really? It presents an image, yeah. Oh, okay. All TV uh, is, motion picture, is just a bunch of still images tied together. Oh, wow. That's all it is. I'm so stupid. I never really <laughs> thought about that before. Guess so that's okay. how they do it. No, a lot of people haven't thought about it. You're not an idiot for that. You're so an idiot for a is, lot of other things. Yeah, I know. So all it is is just one of those pads of paper that you draw different shit on and, and then just flip, flip it, it through. It's a flip book, yes. It is yes. a flip book. It's a really fancy flip book. Pretty. F- it's pretty actually a flip book plus light bright. That's all it is. Uh, light bright. Light bright. <laughs> right, I love light bright. That's 10 through 6 on your fringe sciences. Nice. Nice. That's fun. Um, number five is how do you shave your balls? How do you shave your balls? Um, That's number five and a half. Science. No, it's more like a three and a third. Um, no, of course, we uh, do have to give a little bit of love out to Manscaped. Um, as sponsors of the show, they are bringing uh, a very extraterrestrial theme right now. Manscaped is... Uh, they're pushing internationally. So... They are doing that all with the with the very space theme. So you'll see a lot of Manscaped, uh, a lot of space themed art on Manscaped.com. Is what I'm trying to say. Ooh, I wonder if Manscaped has partnered with NASA yet. Oh, that'd be so cool. S- sending a razor to space or something. Be the Dude, first, imagine, how, how cool would hey, that be? I'm the first really? uh, astronaut to shave my balls in space with I a Manscaped I don't want to see razor. somebody shave their pubes in space and just floating all over the fucking... <laughs> the pilot, the pilot, the, it's in my eye! You asshole! <laughs> Oh my gosh! Now, what, I'm, I'm they, sure. Does Manscaped have anything for nano balls? <laughs> <laughs> like a really tiny lawnmower 4.0. I, I would well, be willing to bet they they don't have them that small. No, I'd well, be, I'd be willing to bet. Well, That's a problem with, for me, I might accidentally shave off my dick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I'd be willing to bet that they're. Uh, Rechargeable lithium ion powered lawnmower 4.0 would uh, work in space. That would too. And it has a fucking right? torch. Let me tell you. A torch? Look, this might be getting a little Oh, the flashlight. Personal. Got it. Oh, this a this torch. <laughs> I'm like, you can, just, you can burn the hair off? <laughs> this might be getting a little bit too personal, but when, when, I, uh, when I shave my junk, I'm usually sitting on the toilet. That's, that's usually where I go. To, to, to take care of that business. Well, I don't know if you've ever tried to lift your balls while sitting on the toilet, but it's dark as hell under there. At least my balls get That's... dark under there. I could, it's hard to... That 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 does a pretty good job of, of taking care of that. I thought your dick was dark, too. <laughs> well, hey. <laughs> Only metaphorically. Um, we are giving away... So, so to, to what we're talking about, later in the show, we are going to be giving away uh, some more Manscaped products. They sent us a bunch of goodie bags of, of a bunch of different stuff. And tonight, it is our the Manscaped cologne. Refined. That, yeah, called Refined. Called, yeah. Sounds weird, but don't think... 
just balls and dick. I mean, Manscaped is a lot of products for men. Yeah, they, if your so, balls stink, you could spray it on there. I, guess, I don't I suggest it doing it right after you shaved them. Though. <laughs> that might hurt. <laughs> that might not be good. But uh, all you have to do is go to twist10.com, hit up the Discord link, join us on Discord, mm-hmm. and it's very simple. No purchase necessary or anything like that. All you have to do is add a reaction to the announcement that Josh put out there about the Manscaped, Manscaped giveaway. We've got a lot of different products. Uh, tonight happens to be a pretty expensive bottle of cologne, from Manscaped, so uh, that will be going out to a listener uh, here in the second half of the show tonight. Second half of the right. show, yep. That's right. Giving away between, we draw names during this three-month or so promotion. Between number two and number one, that's where we're going to draw names each night. Um, but for all men's grooming needs, manscaped.com, promo code TWISTED10, 20% off, and free worldwide shipping. Hell yes. This is a little bit of True Phonic, one of my favorite songs, City by the Sea. We'll see you guys after the break. Discord, we're going to check in with you guys after the song. Though it took me forever. Born and raised in a pasture. Until family disaster. The only other road went straight southern for the East Coast. But ever since it I arrived, all the talk about was leaving. And I could care less about some changing of the seasons. And they ain't never no lift nowhere, they thought that it was freezing. They don't know what they believe in. Day. In the city, as by the sea, that's where I, where I should be. And if it's drowning, well, I'll be swimming. In the city, as by the sea. I see it's just a big disguise My friends I thought they were the best They ended up telling me lies I guess I gotta live with what I'm given And deal with my decisions What I'm tired of people living Like it's only their perspective Baby, what you think about the beaches I live in? The ocean ain't the place for your bitching and complaining. The song remains the same, cause it's up on every station. Oh, Florida sun, wind, and rain. Tell me if I should change, because I show, I show love the way that I'm a living today. In the city, as by the sea, that's right. I should be and if it's drowning well, I'll be swimming in the city as by the sea
Tell me, baby, what you think about the beach side living? The ocean ain't the place for your bitch and ain't complaining. The song remains the same, cause it's up on every station. Oh, Florida sun, wind and rain. I never change a thing, because I show, I show love the way that I'm living today. In the city, as by the sea, that's where I. I should be And if it's drowning Oh, I'll be swimming And the city Is by the sea Welcome back to The Twisted Ten <clears throat> I lost my voice here for a second Ten <laughs> All right, so this is my week, and this is the top ten fringe sciences. Just to recap, ten through you're, six. You're holding those papers like giant playing cards. <laughs> I know, like you're 95 <laughs> years old. <laughs> well, I am almost 95 because I'm using paper in an age where we're paperless. <sighs> yes, exactly. I can't well, believe you good. took that button away. That I'm going to add it on, back that in. That was really good. Right, yeah, was I've, really heard, good. I've heard it a bunch of times I'm now. Gonna, <laughs> I'm a mimic. <laughs> I'm going to add it back into the next panel, but I want to figure out have the additional. Are you going to add in the the original one? Because remember, it had that tiny. Tiny little bit of space you got to get rid of. I'm just being picky. Number 10 was mind control. <laughs> <laughs> Number 9 was teleportation. Number 8 was transhumanism. Number 7 that was, was suspended animation. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Animation. Uh, and number six was nanotechnology. The, the transhumanism and the nanotech. <coughs> oh, God. Those concepts oh. both just are super cool to me. Um, so you were talking about transhumanism. And I remembered after we moved on to the next number, a great example of that is Altered Carbon. Oh, that's a great the show. The Netflix show. Yeah. One, it's awesome. <laughs> I thought that was like some kind of scientific, uh, like, t- like something Element. about science. I didn't know that was a show. No. We were like, that's a great show. I'm like, no, what? It's, um, so the, the, the premise is that the human consciousness can be downloaded into what they call the stack. And it's like this little puck. Looks super cool, but it like goes, it's a spinal insert and it becomes your person and it becomes who you are, your, your, collect, your consciousness, your consciousness. thank you. Yeah. Um, and they can like remove it and there's a whole like social aspect of like the wealthy and the, un, the, the, the haves and the have nots and the whole um, like living beyond your body. There's a like that's a theme that takes place in the whole thing, and people can like go into computer networks. Anyways, transhumanism is done in a like crazy good two season way. I, my wife and I really enjoyed the show. Before we get back into the show, we are going to give the listeners a little bit of a taste of something tonight. So this has changed up a little bit from our normal formatting. We're gonna play you a little clip uh, from last week's recording of our after show. So to to be a council member. Uh, go over to twisted10.com. Go check out the information on council membership. Uh, those are That's an elite group of our listeners that get additional content once a week, usually once a week from us. But uh, also, uh, you know, they monetarily support the show. So here is, and we're going to leave our mics on during this clip. So if we wanted to stop it and say something or, or add in laughter or whatever, we can. But this is a clip from last week. I think it was April or uh, August 3rd, I think is when we recorded this. So this is a clip from last week, just one little minute and a half or so. So take a listen to this episode uh, clip from the last Twisted Ten after show. What came before Homo sapien? What came before it? Yeah. Hopefully her. <laughs> no. <Hey-o. laughs> well, it just really depends on, I don't know, like a Homo habilis or habilis. Who the fuck knows oh, that? Yeah. That. 
That, let me look. I up. mean, there was different species of of, of homo. God, this Google <laughs> search. This Google search uh, is going to be weird. That existed all at the same time in the, during homo, homo sapien uh, time. Yeah, what's that new homo? In my answer to your is question. it homo nalidi? I'm looking it up now. No, because homo nalidi. That was a few years ago. They discovered that. They discovered them in a cave in Africa. It looked like it was like a burial. No, cave. this is fuck. This is June 25th, 2021. Oh yeah, this I don't is know brand about new. This. Damn. So, discovery of dragon man skull in China may add species to human family tree. The laborer discovered... I'm not going to read the whole story from the New York Times. I'll read a little bit. Laborer discovered the fossil and hid it in a well for 85 years. Scientists say it could help sort out the human family tree and how species emerged. They're calling this thing... Is it even homo? <clears throat> is it yeah. Australopithecus? Homo longi. Homo longi. L-O-N-G-I. Australopithecus? Oh, sorry. I just like saying that because you know, <laughs> I sound smart. <laughs> the team said that Homo longi, L-O-N-G-I, maybe longi. It had a really big dick. That's why they're calling it that. <laughs> uh, no, it's from China. Oh, <laughs> I like it. Nice. <clears throat> so there's a clip. That show was about 45 minutes in length, and uh, the new Homo species was one of the topics that we discussed Listen, on that. I have to say, being on the show live and then listening to ourselves from another show all at the same time, it's really like fucking with my brain. <laughs> like, I don't know. Am I supposed to talk? Am I not supposed to talk? Is this the podcast? Am I... At home, listening to a podcast. What is happening? You here? were just incepted. It's just strange. Yes, I still laughed at the dick joke, though. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm a child. Oh, man, dick, dick and fart jokes. Isn't that like our thing? That's our catchphrase around stru- structured dick and fart jokes, pretty much. <laughs> structured dick and fart jokes. That's the next after show topic. All right, let's move on into the rest of this list for the top ten sci- uh, fringe sciences. Any guesses at what the next? No, now knowing what the first half of the list has been, do you guys have any ideas? God, I should have been thinking about this, like what else could be on the list. So guesses for what could be still to come mm-hmm. of fringe sciences. Yep, something that's the general population or general science community. In fact, Discord, if you guys are listening, throw something into the lobby. I'll let you know if you get it right or not. What but. about some, and we've talked about this, like so many things we've talked about this before. We say that a lot. What about some sort of like... Like holographic world, like you can truly interact with. Like, I can't stop talking about Star Trek, like the holodeck (laughs) on Star Trek, something to that effect. So the holodeck, no, it's not in this list. Okay, that's I wouldn't necessarily consider that fringe though. That's not considered an unethical or impossible science. That's considered beyond our grasp. I would I would say. Okay. I don't well, know. Maybe it would be considered fringe. I, I don't know. I, I have, all right. I, but it's not on the list. No. All right. That was my couple, guess. A couple Josh? guesses from Discord. Faster than light. So faster than light and ion drive. Nope. We, those aren't those aren't in the list. I like faster than light conversation, though, because that does really get into... Faster than the speed of light. Wormholes and theoretical astrophysics and... Warp drive? Oh, yeah. Don't say time travel. <laughs> oh, okay. I, I believe governments would have spent money on researching the potential for time travel. Time travel is in the list. Nice. Yeah, time travel made it. It's not number five, though. Number five. This kind of is French. I mean, it's definitely French science, but it kind of is a pseudoscience, too. So forgive the possible association to pseudoscience here. This is clairvoyance. 
Number five. That's fucking pure pseudoscience. You consider that fringe science? The reason I included it in this list, really the only measurement of a metric I could consider, what I justified fringe sciences is, has the U.S. invested money, lots of money into researching this? And they have. (laughs) Okay. Into clairvoyance. They have invested a lot. They haven't invested anything into... a Wiccan or a warlock or being a witch or, you know, some of those types of fantasy That we're magics. aware of. <laughs> well, well, yeah, granted. Right. God, sorry. All right. From French Claire, meaning clear, and voyance, meaning vision, is the claimed ability to gain information about an object, person, location, or physical event through extrasensory perception. John Edwards. <laughs> John and, Edwards. And that is named the guy who says he... No, he you can, know, he, he can talk to the dead. He can talk to the dead. Is that not oh, the no, same that's thing? A, that's no, mysticism? That's, spiritualism. That's spiritualism. Spiritualism, medium. But doesn't he? Yeah, medium. medium. You're yeah. right. That's a medium. I'm sorry. I, I don't know my pseudo slash French sciences very well. <laughs> <laughs> Clairvoyance refers to the paranormal ability to see persons and events that are distant in time or space. It can be divided roughly into three classes. Precognition, the ability to perceive or predict future events. Retrocognition, the ability to see past events. Or remote viewing, the perception of contemporary events happening outside the range of the normal perception. Many religious figures throughout all religions and all parts of the world have been citing as being clairvoyant. Jesus himself is recorded as being able to know things that were far removed from his immediate human perception. Oh, I mean, he was Jesus, though. I mean, that's that's a bad example, Adam. Is it? <laughs> I mean, it was Jesus. Of if course you're, he did. If you're the son of a god, do you get clairvoyance? Uh, I think you get everything. I, I buy that explanation. Yeah. Right. I, yeah. I like it. A significant development in clairvoyance research came when J.B. Rhine, <clears throat> a parapsychologist at Duke University, <clears throat> sorry, I can quit any day, uh, introduced a standard methodology with a standard statistical approach to analyzing data as part of his research into extrasensory perception. So basically, he created the framework for how to properly study extrasensory per- perceptions. Um, W.S. Cox in 1936 from Princeton University with 132 subjects produced 25,064 trials in a playing card ESP experiment. Yeah, Peter, Peter Vinkman did some good research in this did? as well. I knew you were going to bring up something about it. I actually, I tried finding the audio clip to be able to insert into the show, but it, I just basically ran out of time. I didn't, couldn't find it. Uh, but I wanted to see the one. No, star circle. No, I'm no, sorry. No, I'm sorry. This is just not your day. <laughs> yes, that's exactly right. You know what we're talking about, right, Josh? Yeah, I was here. Now, do you know what I meant by Peter Vinkman? Oh, I mean, no. yeah, I was. No, when like, no, not off the top of my head. Fired. <laughs> Get out. Peter Venkman, Egon, uh, Winston, uh, Winston, and who's the other one? Uh, Sp- uh, Spangler. Uh, They're all Dan Aykroyd. Wow, talk about it. Yeah, you know, most times you we could hit the old man button. You lost serious points on that one, Josh. You look like the fool today, sir. Just That's saying. Fine. I'm, I'm didn't know Ghostbusters. Okay. So out of his 25,000 trials, Cox concluded there is no evidence of extrasensory perception, either in an average man or groups, uh, or of the groups investigated uh, on or in any particular individual in that group. So he had no results that were positive, like to, to prove ESP existed. Um, the discrepancy between these results and those obtained by Ryan, Ryan claimed that 
he could successfully show extrasensory perception, specifically clairvoyance, through his methodology. And then after multiple people, 25,000 out of one guy have been tested, uh, yeah, that was a big fat goose egg out of there. Um, that's, cards, a big, that's a big study, 25,000. Well, it's, it's, that one was on 132 subjects produced 25,000 trials. So oh, okay. each subject got 50 cards or whatever it happened to be. And no, none of them showed anything higher than statistically average amounts of guesses right. Okay. <clears throat> Zinner cards. So this is what we were talking about specifically with the Ghostbusters. Um, Eileen Garrett was tested by Ryan, same guy, at Duke University in 1933 with Zinner cards. Certain symbols that were placed on those cards are sealed in an envelope, and she was asked to guess their contents. She performed poorly and later criticized the tests by claiming that the cards lacked psychic energy called energy stimulus. That sounds like something that a, uh, uh, what's the people that use their e-readers? What are those people called? Stylus? No, no. (laughs) Energy stylus? No, no, the uh, Scientologists. What do you mean Scientologists use their their e-readers? Isn't a a Kindle or a Nook an e-reader? The 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 tool that Scientologists oh, I don't think it's called study. e-reader. I'm pretty sure it is. No, I'm gonna, E-me- I'll look oh, that it's up. e-meter. Yeah, it's emitter, e-meter. an emitter or a meter. It's not an emitter. It's an e-meter. It's, is it? They, yeah, it's, it's, I knew it was yeah. an e That sounds closer than e-reader. <laughs> yeah, they, they used a Kindle. <laughs> I'm not going to look it In up. In 1933, she used a Kindle. <laughs> anyway, she That's performed awesome. poorly and later criticized the tests, claiming they lacked this, quote, energy stimulus and that she could not perform clairvoyance to order. The parapsychologist Samuel Soul and his colleagues tested Garrett in May of 1937, so five years later, um, four years later. Most of the experiments were carried out in the psychological laboratory at University College of London. A total of over 12,000 guesses were recorded, but Garrett failed to produce above chance level. So she performed poorer than any of us just given a random guess, so of just standard chance. Um, in short, Soul wrote... In the case of Miss Eileen Garrett, who was renowned, I guess I missed the part of adding her information in here. She was a re- renowned clairvoyant of the time. Um, she, f- <laughs> We fail to find the slightest confirmation uh, of Dr. J.B. Ryan's remarkable claims relating to her alleged powers of extrasensory perception. So we're going to keep going here because this is, this is U.S. government-funded research, which is really why this made the list. How long ago? Does it say? Yeah, yeah, eight years. A well-known study of remote viewing in recent times has been the U.S. government-funded project at the Stanford Research Institute during the 70s through to the mid-90s. In 1972, Harold Puthoff and Russell Terig uh, initiated a series of human subject studies to determine whether participants, the viewers, or the percipients... Percipients? Participants? Participants? No, it's not. It's percipients. (laughs) It's the people being perceived. Percipients. I guess that's right. Sounds like an atom word that we challenge. It may be. I typed it, so (laughs) I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't defend that one. Uh, Could reliably identify and accurately describe salient features of remote locations or targets. So this is what they were trying to do. They wanted to. This. This is what the study was to conclude to see if they could. In early studies, a human center was typically present at the remote location as part of the experiment protocol. A three-step process was used, the first step being to randomly select the target conditions to be experimented, excuse me, to be experienced by the senders. Secondly, in the viewing step, participants were asked to verbally express or sketch their impressions of the remote scene. Thirdly, in the judging step, these descriptions were matched by separate judges as close as as closely as possible with the intended targets. 
The term remote viewing was coined to describe this overall process. The first paper by Puthoff and Targ on the remote viewing was published in Nature, Nature magazine, in March 1974. In it, the team reported some degree of remote viewing success. After the publication of these findings, other attempts to replicate the experiments were carried out with remote linked groups using computer conferencing. According to the scientific research, clairvoyance is generally exp- explained as the result of confirmation bias, uh, ex- expect- expectancy bias, ex- exp- uh, expectancy. You, thank you. Expectancy bias, <laughs> fraud, hallucinations, self delusions, sensory leakage, subjective validation, wishful thinking, or failures to appreciate the base rate of chance occurrences. And not oh, like as a paranormal I just, power. I just, I think what somebody did right there is said, let me find all the synonyms for bullshit and put them <laughs> in this article. <laughs> yeah, okay. Basically. Mm-hmm. So after all this money was invested, the government came back with this in the nineties, came back with this big fat goose egg. Like, yeah, yeah no, there's all negative, this, but they spent 20 years, government funded 20 years actually putting in the legwork to research this. Interesting. So I looked it up. <clears throat> Percipient is a word. And it's you even used it correctly. So, well, he read it correctly. He read it correctly. <laughs> um, most of this is my writing. There's a few mm, things in here, especially the quotes that I copied and pasted, but most of this is my writing. That one was a copy and paste. Had to have been, cool, I don't yeah, know that yeah. word. or especially, know word, but I wouldn't have used it. Um, especially in philosophy or with reference to psychic phenomena, a person who is able to perceive things. A percipient. I like it. Percipient. So what was the sentence? God damn it. Never mind. Don't let worry me, about let it. me, let me about old it. man my paper. Don't worry about it. No, it's all right. It's in parentheses, so I should find it pretty easily. Oh, I, look, no. I thought you were looking it's at the, the top way. of a page when you said it. Uh, no, definitely. So I'll read that no. line again. In 1972, Harold Puthoff, <laughs> I like that name, and Russell Taig initiated a series of human subject studies to determine whether participants, the viewers, or percipients could reliably identify and accurately describe salient oh. features of blah, 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 blah. Cool. That makes sense now. <coughs> thanks for thanks for humoring me. <laughs> yeah, no problem. <laughs> Stop vaping. I can quit any day. <laughs> All right. Ready to move on? Yes. Top 10 fringe sciences. Number four. Genetic engineering. Yes. Hey, so cool. in Star Trek, there's a space seed episode. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Oh, I'm so dumb. <sighs> so this topic has been covered many times on the Twisted Ten. I'm including it here because it meets the criteria still of French science, mostly due to the ethical and moral hurdles of human subjects. Since first decoding the human DNA sequence, science and medicine have been hard at work to solve many of humanity's hurdles, disease, disorders, aging, etc. More specifically, engineering of a human or other biological subject by means so that's of manipulating. Really, so I'm sorry to interrupt. So the fringe part of this is really doing it with a human because yeah. we've done this with, I mean, we were doing it with dogs, obviously, the most sort obvious of. example. And I'll go into I this mean, a little bit. There's plant- GMO, Well, hang on. There's GMO and there's genetic engineering. There's a little bit of a difference. So there is a difference, but you go into that? Yeah, I, I go I'll, into I'll it. shut up and listen. No, Alan. no, it's fine. No, I'll, it's a great question. I'll hang up and listen. <laughs> Caller, you're on with the Twisted Ten. Um, No, I do go into it a little bit. Because I was thinking the same thing. When I was doing my fringe research, GMO did come up, but also genetic engineering. But wait a minute. Fucking GMO is not necessarily fringe anymore. That's mainstream. But all right, we'll get into it. 
so since we first uh, decoded the human DNA sequence, we've been hard at work to try to solve those things like disorders, aging, diseases, etc. More specifically, engineering of a human or other biological subject by means of manipulating the DNA prior to fertilization. Quote, I want a baby with blonde hair, blue eyes, 190 IQ, and six foot height, unquote. That's my, my quote. It's just made it up. Uh, therein lies the moral and ethical dilemma. Is genetic engineering the same as genetically modified organisms? Yes and no. There, there is a little bit of a difference. Humans have altered the genomes of species for thousands of years through selective breeding or artificial selection as contrasted with the natural selection. More recently, and that goes into what you were talking about, Ron, about like dogs and cats and, you know, none of us have wolves yeah. at home. We have Creating dogs. new breeds, yeah. et cetera. Yeah. So that's technically modifying the genetic outcome by selective breeding. So yes. you're, you're doing it, at least humanity has been doing it, but not to the level of pre-fertilization. We've always been using it post-fertilization. So that's kind of where your difference steps in. Okay. Are you mm. using a... What about... Like the way we do it with crops and plants and things like that. That's fertilization the GMO. happens a little bit different that's, there. Yeah, okay, that's okay. a GMO. Fertilization happens a little bit different through uh, through agriculture, but that's it is genetically engineered uh, GMO. I mean, it's yeah, a it is a version of genetic engineering. It's kind of like all whiskey is, but not at the human level. Or all scotch is whiskey, but not all whiskey is scotch. All, kind of all, the same thing. All bourbon is whiskey. No, all whiskey is. No, all bourbon is whiskey, but not that, all whiskey yes. is bourbon. There you go. You get it. That out. was painful, guys. Yeah. <laughs> all right. That we really I'm sure. I'm sure Dan, uh, the guy, obviously, uh, your, your brother-in-law, who came on and did the top 10 whiskeys, is just like, oh, my God. He's cussing at something yeah. right now. <laughs> all right. More recently, mutation breeding has used uh, exposure to chemicals or radiation to produce high frequency of random mutations for selecting se- selective breeding purposes. So basically they're taking test subjects, lab rats or whatever, and fucking giving them high doses of, of radiation and then making them have babies and looking at the outcome and seeing what the oh. results are. And they're like, oh, that one's got an extra leg. Let's breed more of him. They're, they're going to carry that line so on. So they're trying to force mutations just to see. Yes, okay, that's exactly right. Yes. But that is something that is actually happening now. Uh, genetic engineering as a direct manipulation of DNA by humans outside of the breeding and mutations has only existed since the 70s. So we've been breeding certain dogs for thousands of years to end up with my schnoodle upstairs. But we haven't done it. <laughs> the schnoodle? Yeah, his cat. <laughs> yeah, my, my hairy cat, yes. Uh, but we haven't done it with, like, lab Bes- equipment. Besides the cartoon, has there ever been a, a real cat dog? <laughs> Like, has anybody tried to make that happen? So you want the head of a cat on one end and the head of well, a no, dog? No, just on the whatever. Other end. I'm sure it wouldn't look like that. Just whatever that would look like. You know, it's not going to look like a a centaur, right? Is that do I have that right? Where it's the person head and the are horse you talking body? about the old cartoon cat dog? Yes, I said. So besides the cartoon, <laughs> has anybody ever actually tried to genetically engineer a cat dog version? Yes, his name somehow? was his name was Doctor Moreau, <laughs> the Island of Doctor Moreau. There They're you go. very good. The term, I don't know the answer to your question. Uh, my amount of research didn't tell me if somebody made a cat dog. Um, the term genetic engineering was first coined by Jack Williamson in his science fiction novel, Dragon's Island, published in 1951. One year before DNA, this, this is pretty amazing. One year before DNA's role in hereditary, uh, heredity was confirmed by Alfred Hershey, Hershey uh, and Martha Chase. Uh, and two years before James Watson and Francis Kirk showed that the DNA molecule has a double helix structure. So before DNA was really even popularized, it made it into a novel. <laughs> it's an irony, but 
hey, maybe uh, maybe that guy was just doing some life good imitates art. But that's an impossibility. You can't. He had to have had some kind of insider knowledge or pre-publishings of some scientific paperwork to make that novel because it's too much of a coincidence. Maybe did Captain Kirk have insider knowledge? <laughs> Maybe he was clairvoyant. <laughs> did uh, Captain Kirk have insider knowledge of the original like flip phones? I don't think so. Another, Just coincidence. Another Star Trek reference. <laughs> yeah, I'm seeing how many I can work into this show. You already got like seven. So, right, easy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Though the general concept of direct genetic manipulation was explored in rudimentary form in Stanley G. Weinsberg's 1936 science fiction story, Proteus Island. So where it didn't necessarily make the genetic manipulation or genetic engineering terminology, it did talk about mutations by design in his 1936 novel. GMO, or genetically modified organism, is everything from fruit and vegetables to dogs and cats. Selective breeding... (laughs) Dogs and cats both together? At the same time. (laughs) Mass Um, pandemonium. Uh, Selective... You get the reference? Mass pandemonium. Oh, yeah. Ghostbusters. Very good. Selective breeding or pollination versus genetic manipulation, basically. Uh, 1976. These are a couple of dates that are important for GMOs and GE. Uh, genetic engineering first medically sold genetically genetic engineering medical product human insulin this is in 1976 specifically insulin producing bacteria commercialized in 1982 so they made bacteria that produces its output is insulin human insulin which is pretty fucking cool and they that did that by genetically engineering cool. yep 1994 first genetically engineered gmo food they kind of tied together there. So it was genetically engineered, but it's a organism for food. The flavor saver, tomato. I'll give it, I'll give it to you. All that it does? No, I'm serious. It's not a mustache. I thought if, I was going to say, I thought flavor saver was your beard mustache. No, the, the, it basically, they were able to slow the shelf life, like extend the shelf lives of tomatoes, of this particular brand of tomatoes, by like three times the amount of a normal shelf life. So extending the flavor of a Preservatives. tomato. Preservatives. Yeah. The first pet, the first genetically engineered pet. Do you guys have a guess? This is 2003. Garfield. He's <laughs> got a hankering for lasagna. Yeah. Was no. this the lamb? No, no the that was a that was a test subject. That was a cloning test subject. Oh, that was cloning. You're, You're right. thinking, what was her name? Bertha? I don't remember the name of the lamb, but I no, no this guess. is um, this is a fish. Called it's branded G L O F I S H the glowfish. This is a flesh, oh. a flesh. <laughs> it's a, it's a fleshlight. No, it's a fish that literally has phosphorescence that have been genetically engineered into it. Phosphorescence. Say it again. <laughs> phosphorescence. Oh, just the way you said it sounded like you were hammered. Oh. Like phosphorescence. Is that like judicial. You're like, yeah. like buy these at Walmart now, right? Like that. I don't. I don't know about that particular like brand, but yeah, that's no. Yes, I mean they'll they'll work under black light too, but these would glow without any kind of assistance. They cool. would just like your al- the algae that happens to occur in the river every once in a while, where it glows bright blue for you know seemingly no reason at all. Same type of thing in these fish. Cool, cool, cool. Genetic engineering has been applied in numerous fields, including research, medicine, industrial, biotech, uh, biotech, and agricultural. By the way, speaking to my uh, family, Andrea's family up in Oklahoma, I asked them about GMO. I said, you know, what are your takes? These these are real farmers living in the heart of America, dead in the center of America. Uh, 
and they have their whole livelihood is off corn and different different products. I said, what percentage of your crops, the the consumable crops that you guys grow for humans, is GMO? He said, one hundred percent. Yeah, every bit of it. He goes, <clears throat> if I was to plant a regular you know, ear of corn out there, a non-GMO ear of corn, it'd be eaten by bugs in three weeks. He goes, this saves me now that we've created corn that is withstanding to the insects that want to eat them in the fields. We don't have to spray them with pesticides anymore. So now you're getting GMO foods, but they're non-pesticide treated because they don't have to spray for them anymore, which is really fucking cool. But all of his plants were that way. Soybeans, everything he made or grew was all GMO. Uh, in research, GMOs are used to study uh, gene function and expression through loss of function, gain of function, tracking, and expression experiments. We talked about this a minute ago. You kind of mentioned something along the same lines. Uh, gain of function is the forcing of mutations that occur through whatever your subject is at the time. Mm-hmm. And we've touched on this in the past with studies of ex- Ab- like the existential Ab- yeah. uh, crises that might face humanity, Okay, um, as well as talking just in general about COVID. So one of the theories about COVID is that COVID is a, uh, a gain-of-function mutation that got out of control and got escaped from a lab. I know there's no real science to back that up yet or real research to back that up, but that's a theory, and it's a, it's a potential that could actually happen. Gain-of-function means you're forcing evolution on whatever your subject is. In this case, it's a virus. But Makes sense. Is it a theory? The gain of function is a theory, but about COVID, <laughs> let's put it this way. I haven't seen uh, scientific evidence or even even legal evidence that shows gain of function was used in this in this particular COVID strain and that it's linked back to a lab break. I, I don't that's no, too political was, for me really. Yeah, but no, I meant you answered it first. I meant was was uh, the forced gain of function is yeah. a is a that's, okay, so not a theory. We do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah that is, is okay. done. And that's done for more positives than negatives. So gain of function on anything, mostly viruses in this case, is used to study what potential effects any of these viruses could have. Like one particular strain of flu, if you gain a function at several layers up and it turns into be after five or six mutations, the most deadly flu in humanity's ever you could, seen, you, you could, could take then, actions then. Yeah, to you could then it. create a, uh, um, a vaccine or something That's like exactly that. Exactly right. Yeah. Ironically, using genetic engineering. Yes. I get to that RNA. That's mm-hmm. it. Yeah, you bingo. Bingo lollipop. Ron gets the gold star. By knocking out genes responsible for certain conditions, it is possible to create animal model organisms of human diseases, as well as producing hormones, vaccines, and other drugs. Genetic engineering has the potential to cure genetic diseases through gene therapy. So, so genetically modifying anything has caught a lot of heat. All right. Mostly from, I like to say, and this is Adam's opinion only, mostly from the ignorant part of society, not understanding what genetic modifications to certain types of organisms uh, can harm us or can't harm us. The, the impact they're yeah. going to have on you. No, I understand. If you don't understand, then it's you just, fear it. Yeah, you fear it. That's that's, that's humanity. The, that's nature's way. Yeah. Yes. Critics have objected the use of genetic engineering on several grounds, including ethical ecological, and economic concerns. Many of these concerns involve GMO crops and whether the food produced from them is safe and what impacts growing them will have on our environment, which is super ironic. There's nothing new that these plants have introduced to their genetic sequence. It does pop in my mind, like, you know, uh, over years and years of eating. So, you know, sometimes we discover, oh, my God, this was bad for you the whole time. We discover, like, 40 years later. I mean, we... You know, I suppose by now we probably know we've been doing it for so long, but I get why people could be fearful of it. 
Yeah, I understand it too. I mean, I, I guess I get I I guess I understand that there would be some concern from ignorance, from not understanding the science behind it. Yeah, because I don't fully understand the science. I don't claim to know it either, but yeah. I have a lot less fear of GMOs than I do lots of other subjects. Yeah, yeah. GMOs scare me the absolute least. Yeah, heard, understood. Uh, these controversies have led to litigation, international trade disputes and protests, and to restrictive regulation of commercial products in some countries. Some countries do not allow any food that is GMO to be in their country or, or grown in their country. It's amazing. Accusations that scientists are, quote, playing God and other religious issues have been ascribed to the technology since the beginning. So this really breaks into what can you do with genetic engineering? Well, since that human DNA sequence has been completely broken down now, we can theoretically control any aspect of a fetus that is not yet born. So you can pre-program in height, uh, intelligence capability, uh, eye colors, skin tone, uh, whatever whatever the hell you want to program Super in. Super intelligent, and like, less aesthetic things. Detect and treat autism yeah. in advance. Or epilepsy, or prevention of debilitating. That's where a lot of people diseases. say you're playing God. You know, that's that's why a lot of people would, you know, yeah, it, receive it. that. Yeah, so. I mean, if we think about uh, hypothetically, uh, I'll, I'll I'll stick on autism. If we had a way to treat it in utero, and we did that, if we could convince every pregnant woman on the planet to accept this treatment. We could eliminate autism from the human race. We could, yeah. Like we, that, it's a possibility. Is yes. is autism genetically um, inherited? Inherited. For, yeah, for, that's the word yeah. I'm looking for. Inherited. Yes. Oh, okay. Um, hereditary. Hereditary. Her- hereditary. Yeah. Is it hereditary? I mean, yeah. there's some kind of. I think there's also a form of gene or of chromosome all... or whatever it is. I'm, I'm well, bad it's, with it's, that it's, stuff. It's, but... it's one of those things. Like everybody's on the spectrum to some degree. It's That's a genetic like marker. It's, it's just what level of you know what level of that genetic marker your your body is okay. uh, pr- uh, described to have, or or I guess programmed to have, because DNA is just a program. It's <laughs> all it is. Yeah. When you think of DNA as just being a program to tell your body how to function, it changes your perception. If there's a program, if there's a bug in a program at work, where well, our coders are going to go in there and take care of that bug and fix the problem, and no longer do you have that bug. DNA is exactly the same way. It's just over a longer scale of time. Gotcha. The only difference. Okay. That's so cool. Cool. You guys ready for number three in the fringe sciences? Yeah. Let's do it. Dark matter. Okay. Interesting. Josh is looking up at the air. I'm confused mm. why this is a fringe science. That's what I. That's what I'm. Because we still haven't proved it yet, and we've spent a lot of resources I, trying to. I don't want to take anything away. We well, we have it. Uh, sort of. So we have, just like that mysterious ninth planet, not Pluto, the mysterious planet ninth X. planet that is out there somewhere and not Nibiru, um, <laughs> we have proven its existence by other things that are happening in our solar system. All right. So that's we know that it's there. We just don't know where it is or what its orbit looks like. It's still a holding spot for the way we understand physics and the way things react and move with each right. other. Yeah. I mean, we still don't know what, what causes gravity, right? So we still don't know everything about what causes things to move 
back and forth. So glad I get you why you put it. Really glad you brought up gravity. I'm, gr- I'm glad that, uh, yeah, matter. because that's hugely important to dark matter. That's the whole concept of why dark matter or people think dark matter exists because of that. Here's the catch with dark matter. We have never proven its existence, only proven its effects on other things in our universe. All right, so let's get through dark matter real quick. And that's why it becomes a fringe science. We have invested millions of dollars yeah, saying, in this. Oh, yeah, big time. And still have no... Every major university has a, a physicist out there working, or yeah. multiple physicists working on dark matter theories. As I write this episode, or was writing this episode, there is no actual solid proof of dark matter in existence yet. And there's a theory as to why, and it gets kind of interesting and optimistic for the future. All right, so let's get into this. How do you detect something that gives off no sign of existence other than how it affects other celestial objects? This is just rhetorical. It wasn't a real question for you guys. Um, Dark matter is a hypothetical form of matter uh, thought to account for approximately 85% of matter in the universe and about 27% of its total mass energy density. And I'll get into explaining what the difference is and segment that out for you in a minute. Its presence is implied in a variety of astrophysical observations, including gravitational effects that cannot be explained by accepted theories of gravity unless more matter is present than can be seen. And that is everywhere, meaning we see things that are moving and shifting around because of gravitational the gravitational effect that other systems have on it, but they're moving differently than if it was just the mass of the other solar systems or other galaxies themselves interacting with them. Something else is causing something else is causing them to move or, or push wobble. or pull or whatever. Yeah, 100% yeah. right. And that's everywhere. That's not just our solar system or yeah, our galaxy. The universe as we know it. For this reason, most experts think that dark matter is abundant in the universe and it has a and, and it has had a strong influence on its structure and evolution, meaning the universe's structure and evolution. Dark matter is called dark because it is, does not appear to interact with the electromagnetic field, which means it does not absorb, reflect, or emit electromagnetic radiation and is therefore difficult to detect. And just to remind you, included in the electromagnetic scope, uh, electromagnetic radiation scope is all visible light, all x-rays, gamma, everything that we classify as being able to study and monitor deep space, um, it, it absorbs nor reflects none of it. So we cannot see its effect on that electromagnetic radiation scope. It's really pretty cool. So how do we know it exists? Essentially, it's because the scientists that calculate and study things like the formation and evolution of galaxies, gravitational lensing, galactic collisions, and other cosmic, oh, and the cosmic microwave background, uh, in the standard lambda... LAMDA CDM model of cosmology, forgive me, I don't know the details of that. The total mass energy of the universe contains 5% ordinary matter. You, me, this table, the podcast room, Earth itself are only 5% of our universe. So, very, very small amount. But we know that because there's space, there's lots of gaps yeah, out there. Gaps. Um, 27% dark matter and 68% of a form of energy known as dark energy. Energy. So dark energy is kind of wrapped in with dark matter because they're similar to each other. We think there's a push and pull between the two of them. Uh, simply put, without dark matter and dark energy, there would be nothing that holds galaxies within our universe together. Without dark matter, all galaxies would simply spin off into the void. However, that kind of sounds like gravity. Sort of. Gravity, like any other medium, has has to have some plane of existence or medium to influence celestial objects. 
That medium is thought to be filled with majority of dark matter and dark energy, thus influencing the behavior of matter as we know it. So gravity ties all this stuff together because dark matter exists or dark energy and dark matter exist. Without it, gravity would still be there, but it would not have the effect that we see right now. The spinning galaxies, the stereotypical spinning galaxy yeah. <clears throat> would not function with simply the 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 mass gravity of all of those objects together. That would would not function at least mathematically. And I don't know how We think it's dark out. matter ha- making that happen. <clears throat> Correct. When so you what add I, in that missing element, <clears throat> dark matter. So when that, I when I was first introduced possible. to dark matter, I don't know, years ago, like first when I first heard that concept, I heard it I heard it along with dark energy. But I don't hear anything about dark energy anymore. We're just talking about that. No, but I'm just saying you don't like you hear. No, I know you were just talking about. He it. was on his phone again. Wasn't no, he, no. Josh? no, 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 no. I see what he's saying. No, I I heard you talk about dark energy. What I'm saying is, I used to think of those th- two things like together. It's always about oh, dark matter, dark energy, dark matter, dark energy. Now all of a sudden, all you ever hear about is dark matter, dark matter, dark matter, and you hear very little like you know. I think because discussed about dark energy. You're right, and I don't know from the research I did for this particular podcast. Dark matter consisted of both dark matter and dark energy. Oh, right? okay. So when we say so maybe they all kind of been encompassed as a subject matter into one. That's why. Yeah. So when when I say the very beginning when I started this whole topic off is that dark matter consists of approximately eighty five percent of the matter in the universe. Well, that's actually broken into twenty seven and sixty eight. Is that right? Sixty eight, seventy eight, eighty eight. All right. It seems a little off, but whatever. Those two combined are what that eighty five percent of the matter in the universe is made of. Okay. Is both dark matter and dark energy. They're tied together. Now, I don't really go into well details on explaining what okay. the differences are, but it is, it is, they are one and the same. When they're talked that, about, okay, talked so about I didn't together. know they were one and the same. All right, understood. Uh, since we cannot currently detect dark matter or energy directly, dark matter or dark energy directly, science is on the hunt to discover what it's made of. The current theory, and this is kind of exciting for sciencey geeks out there like me that really love like the Large Hadron Collider. This kind of shit is fascinating to me. The current theory is that dark matter is made of an unknown subatomic particle that has yet to be discovered. Experiments being carried out now are attempting to define it at the molecular level by observing or creating it somehow. There is a line of theory that suggests dark matter is a WIMP, or a weakly interactive massive particle. Time to spin up the old particle collider and see what we get. So are they trying to be- make an even bigger or better or faster, ha- you know, collider? Or, you know, That's a great question. There was one that was proposed. Collider. Right now, the biggest one in the world is in France. It, it ties to two different countries over there, France It's not and the Hadron Collider? The LHC, the Large Hadron yeah. Collider. That's okay, the biggest that is in the world. the biggest one yeah. in the world. I thought that but was in Sweden. It might be France and Sweden. I don't know if there's yeah, border I think, each other, I think it's but. actually in Sweden. Okay. Well, let's say yeah. hey, wherever. It, it's it's across border. It border, it's in cross, Sweden, Adam. The border. I'm just kidding. <laughs> the U.S. had a uh, proposal that had made it all the way through like to Congress level to build even like a four times bigger than the Large Hadron Collider here in the U.S. And people got scared. It, they, yeah, they I mean, and down. plus they've spent, you know, they, they got way more important money being spent on clairvoyance and <laughs> brainwashing. <laughs> <laughs> we don't this have time true. for physics, <laughs> silly physics. That's all. Every but everything that was discovered ever, you know, ever will be. You know, that's a waste of time. Physics. <laughs> no, no, you're right. Let's stare at goats. <laughs> It'll See what we can be, make them do. <laughs> it'll only be a matter of time before one of two things happens. 
before the U.S. is funded for a larger uh, particle collider, and then that becomes the big boy of the day. It's always, so by the way, the smaller colliders that exist out there, they're not not being used. They just produce so exponentially fewer results than the bigger ones that it does, the biggest one of the day is always the most important one of the day because that's where most of the research and most of the experiments can happen. There are limitations the smaller you get. Um, The bigger the collider, the more potential experiments you can achieve. So the biggest colliders of the day, in this day, it's the Large Hadron Collider. In Geneva, actually, I think it is. I don't know, wherever the fuck it is, uh, that's the one that is the the biggest talk of the day. And the scariest part is that another thing that was predicted by Einstein, supported by BD, 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 what's his name? Um, Hawking. BD, uh, <laughs> is... Buck Rogers? <laughs> Very good. <laughs> Very good reference. I can't uh, believe you got that. Yes, Buck Rogers. No, supported by Hawking was the uh, creation. Uh, it's in Switzerland, not Sweden. Sorry. Is it Switzerland? I had my okay. countries wrong. Um, is the creation and existence of microscopic black holes. Nope. That yes. shit is fascinating. Yes. Yeah. So that actually happened, right? Like yeah. we actually created microscopic black holes. Yeah. Every time. Yeah, they, they blink out in such so fast that it doesn't it's irrelevant. It doesn't matter. God, I hope we can make a bigger one and like keep it around longer. <laughs> That'd be really size. cool, right? You don't want to keep it around. Do you know yeah. what it gives off to poof out of existence? What? Hawking radiation. That's what it expels. Oh, Quite literally. Hawking yeah. radiation. After Stephen Hawking. He, he never won it. a Nobel Prize. Hmm. He's probably gonna get one posthumously. Post Posthumously. Yeah, I said that right. Posthumously. You guys ready for number two on the top ten fringe sciences, which you already know which number two is? What is it, Josh? Time travel. Time travel. That's right. All right, so let's make this clear. Time travel is not science fiction. This is a real phenomenon that has been experienced thousands of times and is a regular part of science today. This is not science fiction. This is the real deal. We just can't control it. That's the hard part. You know, we know it's there. We can prove that it exists. We just can't do anything about it. Art, well, not yet anyway. Okay, science fiction does a great job in providing us fascinating ideas of how we can harness the power of time and go forward and back in time. Well, you know I had to. Uh, in our timelines and view or change events. That is not exactly the same as what we see on the daily basis currently. So let's break this down. Einstein is responsible for this one. He proved in his special theory of relativity that objects in motion actually do experience time differently than their stationary counterparts. And the faster an object is moving, the more time slows down. Basically, what this means is that when you're on your when you're on your run or flying in a plane, the hands on your watch actually move slower than when you're standing still. Since we move at such a sluggish pace relative to the speed of light, of course, <clears throat> of course, the chance uh, is generally imperceivable. Where this comes into perceivable effects are when we have speeds in that exceed most of our comfort zones. When astronauts or satellites go into space, they are traveling between 10,000 and 30,000 miles per hour to maintain their orbits. That speed is calculated based on the perception of time and the speed from the surface of Earth. Uh, The time of the distance of speed between the surface of Earth. An astronaut will actually perceive time slower than their friends on Earth because of the motion of their orbit, measurable in full seconds on a typical mission, meaning multiple seconds are different with what they experience from when they take off and they land for them compared to what you perceived. GPS satellites have to have computations that make up for this as well. GPS time 
is all based on speed and distance uh, to the receiver. Let's see if I have anything else. Oh, I do. The theory of relativity also states that the past, present, and future are not separate from one another, but instead they are all intertwined. So this part is one of the only sections of the theory of relativity, <laughs> not the only sections that confuse me, a lot of it confused me, but one of the only sections of the theory of relativity that are more fringy or more questionable than others is that statement. The theory of relativity also states that past, present, and future are not separate from one another, but all are instead all intertwined. Time is flexible. It can be stretched, folded, bent, and eventually controlled. While we do not have the science or understanding of how to manipulate time currently, maybe someday we will. The real, real question that needs to be asked here is if we can eventually manipulate time, allowing us to travel forward and backwards to affect timelines, what occurs after that? The grandfather paradox and multiple universe timelines as an example. So you know what the grandfather paradox is? Uh, I we talked about this when I did my whole time top 10, but now I've forgotten. If you were to go back in time, kill your Gotta grandfather. Get back in time. <laughs> if you were to go back in time and kill your grandfather, what would happen to you? So the question then becomes, and that almost made the list. So spoilers, the multiverse and multiple universes or parallel universes did not make the fringe list tonight. But this one would have tied in directly with that. If you were to go back and kill your grandfather, would you poof out of existence and never have been there? Then would that create a paradox where everything you ever affected, your children, your everything you ever you know did would is suddenly disappear. gone? Or does that create a branch in the timeline and you are now in a new timeline where you do exist, but your grandfather in the past is dead. So that's an unanswerable question. Well, it got answered in back to the future too. And here's why (laughs) Marty's hair disappeared. Here's no, no, I thought you were going to tie it into Star Trek (laughs) two is where this got tied in. So Biff steals the DeLorean, right? In 20, was it 2015? 2015 was the future. Yes. Yes. With flying skateboards and holograms. In the movie, by the way, everyone, that is the future. In 2015, he steals the DeLorean. That's good. Um, brings back the uh, almanac of sports facts from whenever to whenever, gives it to his younger self. He comes back in time. He comes back to 2015, (laughs) right? And absolutely nothing has changed in that 2015, which shows, according to Back to the Future 2, it's just a new timeline. There was a Big Bang Theory where they went over this for like five (laughs) minutes on a board... And it's hilarious. That's, that's it's a wonderful. great. It's a great scene. I really, that, that would be a fun to, fun one to watch. I never got into it. Hey. Oh, man, you'd love it because all this, everything we talk about sciency on this show is at least touched on or talked in in like mm, touch it. Oh yeah, touch it. They touch it a lot, but um, it's all talked about on that show continuously. Like every episode, they're talking about science and physics. I mean, there you got an astrophysicist, a physicist. I'm tangenting, um, but uh, <laughs> I have an actual I have an actual throwback here for you. An Rod. engineer and um, somebody asked a really good question in Discord, and I just wanted to address that because a it theoretical is an, physicist, incredible. <laughs> that, that you said that very fast. Um, I wanted to address that because it does have to do with the show, and it's very very spot on. Uh, so back to number four on genetic engineering. One of our our listeners in Discord on our Discord live stream, by the way. So head on over to twisted10.com, click Discord, and you can participate in the live stream. Anyway, 
One of our council members asked a question, would CRISPR be considered genetic engineering? Yes, 100%. CRISPR has the capability of making those modifications. Was, it categorizes I was. It. I forgot to ask you, but because I, I didn't think about it till you started this one, how come he never talked about CRISPR when he was talking about genetic, genetic engineering? Didn't include it. It, was, it wasn't good. Because you're big of, into the CRISPR thing. Like that oh yeah. like gives you a boner. I can't believe. It's my favorite cereal, Rice Krispers. Right. <laughs> Rice Krispers, <laughs> they taste genetically great. Um, genetically delicious. Yeah. Oh, wait, that doesn't sound right. Because okay. I had I had a guess on number one, by the way. But anyway, we're not in there yet. We're not to so. number one yet. We have something very important that we have to do before number one. Are we done on time travel? Are you, are I don't know. It's your list, buddy. I'm done with <laughs> my topic done? on it. We are. We. But there's this one part in Back to the Future 3 I want to talk about. I'm just you kidding. You me turn down his mic, Josh. <laughs> yeah. um, Josh, why don't you take it away? We're going to do our, our very next uh, uh, Discord. By the way, if, you, if you're listening live in Discord, and we got a few of you tonight, if you have not gone and reacted to the announcements for the Manscaped giveaway, our, our sponsor, we're giving some stuff away tonight, uh, make sure you go over there, add your uh, your reaction, smiley face, or just click somebody else's stuff yes, that's already in there. there. It's already. in the yeah. announcements channel. So we'll Josh, give, um, should we give them a few minutes to, or no? no she no, wouldn't take fine. a few minutes. Sure, it's like just ten seconds. That's, fine. that's fifteen just, seconds. This is good. That that little theme, fifteen seconds. Yeah. If you ever wanna. Um, so yeah, we're gonna give away some manscaped clone tonight. Um, the refined clone. Um, they've gotten it down to an even smaller size. It's refined. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually a pretty big. It's actually a pretty big it's, bottle. It's, it's a good bottle. It's, and um, it smells super clean. This stuff is. It's good cologne, and it smells very. I don't even. It doesn't smell like. I don't even like a Dracar. It doesn't. It, smell it comes odorous. in this very nice like case. It's you know. It's the it's, bottle comes in this awesome. It's a case. nice. It's, it's a nice fancy. box. Yeah, Manscaped has got <laughs> top tier packaging, no doubt. All oh, of, absolutely. All yeah. Um, Listeners in Discord, like, so, just get to the fucking the giveaway. Fuck give I just want to know if I want. I don't um, fucking care about that. Right, so, <laughs> I'm gonna drop after this. I don't care about number one anyway. <laughs> <laughs> this list sucks. I just want the cologne. <laughs> <laughs> so, so last week we drew a name. It was Sammy B. I think I actually said Sammy R B a couple times last week. Um, going back and listening. Thing, but Sammy B. That was Sammy my B. Fa- he was my favorite '90s one-hit wonder pop star. He <laughs> <laughs> uh, might even be the same guy. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Um, making fun of our listeners, Ron. Uh, so <laughs> they make fun of me, I'm sure, when I'm but, in their cars. But when I reached out to him, he told me that the night that we actually did the drawing was his birthday. Oh, oh, yeah. Right. yeah. So we drew his name on his birthday. So I hope it wasn't the only birthday present he got. <laughs> <laughs> so belated, but uh, you know, happy birthday, Sammy. So let me go in. I was double checking the announcements right before this. Oh, I got some new. I got a couple new names. Me. This is live. Um. So Adam's gonna tell you a little bit about the clone because he's you've used it, right? What's it smell like? It's <clears throat> so. <sighs> If it was up to me, I would get just a you know twelve dollar bottle of uh, fancy cologne at the gas station. But my wife has Stetson. always <laughs> yeah, Stetson uh, Curve. That's what seriously Curve Stetson. is what I had as a teenager. Stetson was my jam as a teenager. Stetson Fucking was, loved it. <laughs> Andrea, so when I met my wife, so certain women like certain certain colognes on men. And when I met my wife, she loved the smell of um. The hell is the one that she always gets? Men's for me. obsession. It's not obsession. It's uh, infinity. No, uh, I don't know. It's like a forty-five dollar bottle. It's of, beyond of infinity. 
It's, <laughs> I don't know what it is. I can't remember. For whatever reason, I'm drawing a blank on it right now. But anyway, she got me this particular bottle, and she loves it. Kenneth Cole is similar to it, but it's not as good as whatever the hell So what Adam's is. about to say is this smells like the cologne that he can't remember the name, so it doesn't fucking help <laughs> anybody at all. I was going good. down a path. This one smells clean. It doesn't smell like soap, but it smells... The, my immediate thought is that that smells very refreshing, like something that's clean, like clean laundry or something. It smells very refreshing. It's very good. So let's give it away. I'm ready? ready now. Yep, I had to add one more name and just added there, add themselves in from Discord. So this week's winner is oh Shelk. So it's uh it's Kim. It's our friend Kim. Our friend Kim. Yeah, friend like, of the show, Kim. Friend of the show, Kim. It's rigged. Discord <laughs> rigged. set the place on fire. This is rigged. Recount. No, that's cool. Cool. Yeah. So I'll have to. I'll. I'll text her after this and let her know. Oh, that's really. We've exciting. got lots of giveaways coming. Like everybody's gonna every be week. Yeah, yeah, we yeah, have, yeah. We have giveaways every week. At every least week. for well, the next three forever. weeks. At least for the next three weeks. Maybe. Maybe even a little bit longer than uh, that. I don't know. I think more than that. We've we got, got some big ass lot of prizes shit. coming. Up have oh yeah, we got the big ones. Um. The yeah. So ends. that is October. It's gonna be Tuesday, so, October twenty third. So um, people know how it works. We this is the way we have it set up, correct? To where these smaller giveaways, not that that the cologne is small, but these uh, giveaways that are not the major ones yet. If somebody wins, we take them out for now. But before we do the big, big ones, we're putting those people back in for a chance to win that. Correct? Is good that clarification? What we're doing? Yes. That for is the big ex- prizes. That is exactly. What I was going to say. Oh, I'm sorry. So you I nailed stepped it. on it. Yeah. So you nailed it. No, that's anyway, good. Last week's uh, winner is hanging on Discord with us, too. Oh, cool. He said, What's congrats. up, Sammy? Yeah, Sammy's in Discord. Uh, oh, I was just making cool. fun of him, too. Oh, shit. <laughs> Hope he didn't hear any of that. No, he probably loved it. <laughs> or hated it. One or the other. Yeah. Yeah, so congratulations, Kim, um, when you listen to this when it comes out. Uh, actually, you'll already know. I'll have already texted you. So what are we ready got? for Let's number, ready for number, number one? one. Ready. All right. So this is just a recap. Uh, this is the top 10 fringe sciences as Adam's old man shuffling his paperwork. 10 was mind control. Nine was teleportation. Uh, eight was transhumanism. Seven was suspended animation. Six was nanotechnology. Five was clairvoyance. Four was genetic engineering. Three was dark matter. Two was time travel. One. What? Human cloning. Oh no, that'd have been a good one. That, but no, oh, that's oh, that man. ties into GMO a little bit it or does. genetic it, engineering. A little it bit. does, it does. No, any all right, Discord. We got a lot of you in there. Any any guesses on number one before I get to it? Let's see. What about you guys? Any guesses? This is, I had. I just gave you my guess. Oh yeah, human cloning. No, yeah. No, 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 all right, nobody's typing in Discord. All right, so number one, French science. <laughs> I had to put more Star Trek in there. Sorry. It is part of Star Trek. Oh, is it? Invisibility. That is number one. And I put it here for a very specific reason. Hollow Man. I thought you were going to go holla. Hollow Man. <laughs> <laughs> this, like several other items on this list, have been considered fringe for most of their theoretical existence. However, some of these sciences and technologies are very close to becoming a tangible science. Invility, invility, invisibility <laughs> is no exception. Invisibility is the state of an object that cannot be seen. Since so, objects, oh, I see why Star Trek. Okay, cloaking, cloaking. device. Yeah, cloaking gotcha. Devices. All right. Since objects can be seen by light in the visible spectrum from a source reflecting off of their surfaces and hitting the viewer's eye, the most natural form of invisibility, whether real or, or science fiction, is an object that neither reflects nor absorbs light. That is, 
that allows light to pass through it or around it. Pretty big key to what's coming up here shortly. This is known as transparency and is seen in many natural occurring materials, although no naturally occurring material is 100% transparent. Um, Also, trivia question. Does the speed of light stay constant or change given the medium it's passing through? So the speed of light we know is in a perfect vacuum in space is... 367,000 kilometers there was per dark, second. I thought there was dark matter, so is there a perfect vacuum in space? I'm just kidding. Right. Well, no, dark matter is an exception to that because it has no no radioactive interaction with anything inside the electromagnetic radiation spectrum, which includes visible light. Oh, that's a mouthful. So, back to my question. Does light have a constant speed, or does it change depending on the medium it's traveling through? So if you have this room, we have natural air in this room, or if I was to hold up a bottle of water and shine a laser light through it, through the bottle of water, would the speed be the same or would it be different through the different medium? Would you consider gravity a medium? A hundred percent, but... Not for the purposes of this question. Not for the, yeah, not for the purposes of this question. <laughs> right. Gravity, I, I, gravity I have, will certainly bend. I truly light. have no idea. Then it's the same. Uh, no idea was closer than your answer, Josh. It does. <laughs> it changes. So light changes through, just like sound changes, the speed of sound. Granted, sound is completely different than light, but the medium that light is traveling through has a direct effect on the speed of light, which is pretty cool if you think about it. Um, there's experiments that you can watch even on YouTube with uh, super high uh, frames per second cameras capturing light as it travels, photons as it's traveling through water, through a medium of water. Because it's visible too, so you can see through the water. But it's pretty cool. I thought that was because it was refracting. I thought it was because it was being manipulated as it went through surfaces. Cool. That's um, awesome. I didn't know that. May, maybe that is why. I don't oh. know why, but it cool. definitely like does When Josh change. says, that's awesome. I didn't know that. He's really saying, I think that's bullshit. And I'm going to research later <laughs> and prove you wrong. Uh, just when have like I my... ever done that? <laughs> no, I just feel like that's what you're I like you're learning when... things. That's why I do this podcast. You like, guys just dump useless cool. information I'll just on take your word for it, Adam. I like it. I like that. <laughs> I'm just messing with you, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Many forms of invisibility already exist. Things like stealth technology and aircraft make them less visible to specific types of radar while still visible to the eye. So it doesn't change their light, their their spectrum of visibility to a naked eye through the visible light spectrum, but it does change their infrared perception as well as their echolocation through certain types of radar. It does change those spectrums, which are all on the scale of radio waves. Light is a radio wave scale, even though it doesn't sound like it. It is. It's strange. Uh, engineers and scientists have performed various kinds of research to investigate the possibility of finding ways to create a real optic Uh, optical invisibility or cloak for objects methods are typically based on implementing the theoretical techniques of transformation optics which have given rise to several theories of cloaking a 2006 theoretical work predicts that the imperfections are minor and meta materials may make real life cloaking devices practical the technique is predicted to be applied to radio waves within five years, and the distortion of visible light is an eventual possibility. The theory that light waves can be acted upon the same way a radio wave is now a popular idea among scientists. So theoretically, just to summarize that, right now we can already affect what happens to a radio wave. In fact, you can make a Faraday cage and completely block most all radio waves from coming in or out. 
Well, the same thing in principle and in theory, a, a light wave, a visible light spectrum wave ha- is doing the exact same thing. It's traveling across the medium that you're So you're pretty in. much bending it around so that you wouldn't see it. That is exactly right. Yes. Interesting. Science is working on a way to way, manipulate that radiation of those the, light waves to bend it around way the Way better objects. than the idea I had for cloaking. Well, I think there, this one seems more practical. What's that? No, I'm just saying. This is more it's better than my idea. Well, there was another. I did skip a little bit. Uh, so stealth is part of it. There's also reflective camouflage, which makes real-time uh, image display overlays on wearable items to create see-through objects. So basically it's like a, there's like jackets and cloaks and stuff people can wear that have these little tiny screens, yeah, thousands of like them. Yeah, like so a camera would show like what's behind it. Correct. That was my thought process of how cloaking would work. You can yeah. see that on YouTube. That's like those are. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that was a real those thing. Cool. God, somebody stole it from me. Man. But here's the thing. You have to be <laughs> exactly at the right spot to be viewing it for where the cameras are facing. So it's yeah. kind of a. Or it would be weird. Yeah. yeah. Um, so let's go back it would down work to... best with something in the sky, right? 100% in the sky, yeah. yeah. The theory that light waves can be acted upon the same way as radio waves is now popular among scientists. The agent can be compared to a stone in a river around which water passes, but slightly downstream leaves no trace of the stone. Comparing light waves to the water and whatever object they're being cloaked... Uh, to the stone, the goal to have light waves pass around the object, leaving no visible aspects of it, possibly not even a shadow. Two teams of scientists work separately to create invisibility cloaks from metamaterials uh, engineered at the nanoscale. Uh, they demonstrated for the first time the possibility of cloaking three-dimensional objects with artificially engineered materials that redirect radar, light, and other waves around the object. While, one's u- while one uses a type of fishnet of material, layers, the reverse to reverse the direction of light, the other uses tiny silver wires. Uh, this is from the University of, California, University of California in Berkeley. So that is a science that we will potentially see in our lifetimes actually come to fruition, is the ability yeah. to bend light Around three dimensional, like objects. it's a true cloaking device. That's true awesome. cloaking. Yeah. That yeah. means like, could you imagine how much easier being a spy will be? Oh yeah, just like walk through buildings, you won't show up on cameras. Nobody will see you as long as you wear like soft socks. You'll be fine. <laughs> see, I always think of it for like, you know, objects like ships, planes. I don't really think about it as a person, but yeah, it's I guess Anything, it would work. Any three dimensional object. That's pretty. That's pretty badass. You know, in Star Trek, <laughs> uh, you know, the Federation could wasn't allowed to make or have ships with cloaking devices. That's because of their agreement with the Romulans. Yeah, the the, yeah. Al, the Treaty of Algeron or whatever yeah, it was. Stupid treaty. Yeah, exactly. It's as dumb but, as the Geneva Convention. But they did it Wait, once what? in classic Star Trek. They attached a cloaking device to the Enterprise. I don't remember how they got it or why. And then there was a. Next generation episode where they were they were messing with it on a higher scale. They were actually messing with it and actually being able to move through solid objects. Yes. Oh, that would be quantum shifting. Then that would be yeah. vibrations so fast that it breaks down the electromagnetic pull between yeah. subatomic particles. There was an episode about that. So. Superman did that too. I contributed. So did the Flash. Flash can do that. Flash Ooh. is able to run through wall, run through solid objects because he can vibrate so fast 
that the electromagnetic reactions are broken down. God, Did you know that you nerds. don't ever actually touch anything? Did you know that? You know, if, if you like touch your arm right now, yeah, you're just touching like the energy. It's or the something. magnetic resistance yeah, the magnet, against your finger. That's yeah. all you're feeling is is literally magnetism that's pushing back against you. It's really amazing when you think about it. You've never kissed your wife. You've never held your child. You've never. Then if I if I take a knife, why does it cut me? <laughs> <laughs> was it a dumb I a, question? I need a mind blown button. Did, did, no, did, I don't know. I don't know how to answer it. Was it a that. dumb question or did you just not know how to answer it? <laughs> Bunker art. Look at the picture he just put in the Discord. Mind blown. <laughs> All right. uh, that was a fun list, man. That was cool. Uh, Do you guys like it? All right, yeah. cool. Thank you very much. That was a fun list to put yeah. together. I've been I, working on that one for a while. We, I had mentioned a couple weeks ago, like, we've done a lot of science stuff in here and we had really we not done any, it, which is okay because we had done a ton. So I'm glad you brought it back in. Brought it back. Yeah. Hell yeah. stuff. Are you guys ready to get out of here? Yeah, let's... Um, let's thank our, our let's folks just... in Discord first. Uh, we got several of you in there tonight. We appreciate you guys participating in the show. Thank you for hanging out with us. Uh, we are going to go record the after show here shortly. So yeah. if you're not a council member, uh, you need to go check out uh, twisted10.com. Go look at the uh, l- link to go become a council member. It is a monetary uh, help for the show that comes in, but you get access to all of our after show contents that are already published. Tonight's episode will make episode number 30 of the after show, by the way. Thanks to those who are council members. We appreciate the support. Hell yes. It Obviously, thanks out. to Manscaped and congratulations to, was it Kim? It's Kim tonight. That's right. Congratulations, Kim, for winning the, uh, for winning the Manscaped cologne. Um, I know her boyfriend too. So I think, uh, it's, it's really his gift, isn't it? I mean, it's... I suppose so, yeah. Aaron's going to smell good. Yeah. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be smelling aight. Watch him not like it. This stuff smells like shit. Oh, give it, if you don't like it, Kim, give it back. We'll give it away. I know that it smells yeah, good. Re-give so. it away. I don't think you'll give it away. Give it away. Give it Re-gift away. It. Give it away. Re-gift it. Yeah. All right. What uh, else? What else we got? Uh, of course, thanks to Manscaped, sponsoring the show. You guys are awesome. Um, Twist10.com, 20% off, free worldwide shipping. And to Trufonic for the Tasty Jams. Hell yeah. Trufonic, they architected this intro and outro song that we use every week. So thank you guys very much. All right. On behalf of the Twisted Ten, thank you for listening to the Top Ten Fringe Sciences this week. I'm your host this week, Adam. I'm Josh. And I'm Ron. We will see you guys next week. 